Hello, and welcome to episode 72 of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo. With me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the pufferfish, Alessandro Bielsi. Have, have we been doing the number in the title? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, for a while now. I don't actually listen to you anymore. Wow, you're a second. <laughs> Joining us for the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, the seventh peanut gallery. Peanut gallery. The peanut gallery has arrived. Well, Dominic Bielsi. Say hello, Dominic. Hello, Dominic. It sounds like he's going to be Peanut Gallery Plus, where he's going to be like a guest co-host until he just decides he's done with us. Because he's not going to make it through the whole episode. <laughs> Peanut Gallery Plus, yeah. <laughs> we're at, at some point, we're going to exile him. Uh, on this week's episode, we got trailers, we got nuggets. I'm not going to bore you with the details just yet. We'll get into that all before diving into our flick of the week, Mama's Boy 2018, Aquaman. <laughs> first, Al, what are we drinking? Uh, we're drinking, from Oma Gang Brewery, Frutanomyces. Are you trolling your brother with that pour? No, I'm just not done. Because <laughs> that one, for some reason, foamed up the most. Yeah, it's about it's about of... an inch of beer and 16 yeah. feet I mean, of foam. Well, I guess it went as the pouring went, because this one has the least, so which I poured first. And mm-hmm. this one has slightly more. And then that one has like this twice as much ahead. as the second yeah. one. <laughs> I'm kind of feeling like Arthur to Orm right now. Like, not feeling a lot of brotherly love right now. <laughs> hey, Orm didn't want to kill him. Yeah. I mean, he was going to. He didn't Debatable. want to. <laughs> Uh, we're drinking Omegang Frutanomyces, um, which is not a real word. No. It is a portmanteau of fruit and Britannomyces, which is the strain of yeast that is used to brew beer. Um, helpfully, it had... The it, strain of yeast is another thing that I'm going to call you at some point. Well, you called me wild yeast. You called me something else involving yeast, I'm pretty sure. Strain of yeast. Um, they gave us a nice pronunciation guide, otherwise we may have butchered that. Um, it's a dry-hopped wheat ale... Brewed with tropical fruits and finished with Britannomyces yeast. Ale brewed with mango, passion fruit, and kiwi. Re-fermented with Britannomyces yeast. Uh, and then it gives us some <laughs> part of the Duvel family of fine ales. Serve at 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Pour slowly so as not to disturb what the What temperature yeast. is that beer at? Are we able to drink it? It's probably 40 because it was in the fridge. It's been right. outside for, right. out of the fridge for probably 20-30 minutes. Uh, pour slowly so as not to disturb the yeast sediment, but with enough vigor to create a luxurious head. And release the rich bouquet. 5.3% alcohol by volume. And then on the back we get a little story. Where heaven met earth and stayed a while. Embracing our luck. <laughs> yeah, it was a little corny. Uh, perfect for this episode. Cheesy, I guess, would be better. Um, this beer is the unpronounceable result of unpredictable events. <laughs> That was what I was laughing like at before that. when I was That's looking good. at the bottle. Uh, when a few bottles of a fruited wheat beer were mistakenly dosed with Brett yeast intended for another beer. We were so happy with the ensuing fruity, funky, and complex flavors that we spent a year recreating the beer. Frutanomyces begins as our renowned Belgian-style wit wheat ale. Prior to fermentation, a blend of mango, passion fruit, and kiwis added, after which the beer is generously dry-hopped. After dry hopping, the beer is bottle conditioned with Brett yeast for six months before release. So is this going to have that flavor that I love? Uh, which flavor oh, is that? Like, uh, oh, that I don't actually love, but that—that's just that uh, that Belgian that Belgian beer beer flavor. It'll have some of it. Yeah, it's okay. You know, now now you're just toying with. It. <laughs> well, no, but the, see, the thing is, I he actually got had gotten more beer than I had at first, mm. though also much more head. To I think my true. head. Is double or triple both of yours combined? That's true. You, your beer is officially half and half. This yes. conversation has become very odd. <laughs> Please do not compare the sizes of our heads. 
Um, see, it's hard to tell because this one is a wider vessel than this one. Yeah. And there's less beer in it. <laughs> this makes for great radio. Well, the best, actually. <laughs> well, the only thing is we're, we're just stalling at this point. Yeah. We need to take a sip. <laughs> Um, you're gonna have to do the uh, the old head of the beer trick a little bit because you're never gonna uh, yeah, get, get to get that it. get that nose grease. Or, or off. we can get you a spoon. Get that nose grease. Clear it out. Oh. Ready? <laughs> Cheers. Ooh, aggressive. So we, so we take our swigs. Did you get any beer? It took me like three tries. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a Belgian dip. <laughs> and. Got a surprisingly fruity bouquet. This is you told that you took that from the Hobbit. Damn it! I hope you wouldn't get that reference. <laughs> of course, I'm gonna uh, get it. Anything, anything you can reference, I can reference better. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, brotherly love. This is good. Game on. I'm uh, I like it. Me too. Uh, it is. It doesn't have that flavor that I was talking about. It, I mean, it's there very, very subtly. It would be there if it hadn't been re-fermented with the sour yeast. Mm-hmm. The sour, the sour is what's up though. This is good. Yes, uh, so you can thank um, friend of the show, Alex. Thanks, Alex. Uh, you are appreciated. He brought me this the other day, and I was I figured the time would be perfect to use it for the show, mm. especially since there's three of us, and this came in a very large bottle, which yeah, is nice. A little three-person bottle action. And I figured it'd be nice for us all to I have a little it. mug, especially winter. You always think of drink. I mean, it's not the type of beer you drink in this sort of mug. No. You usually think a nice dark lager or stout, but... Um, What'd you call me? Dark lager or stout? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going with stout. It made but, for a yeah. great clink, though, at it the beginning. So. It was... I mean, we also... We all came in a little hot on that cheers. And right um, directly in front of... Not only was that in the first sphere of microphone, <laughs> it was inside of that. It was in sphere zero. <laughs> if you want spheres of microphones, you're going to have to listen to outtakes at some point whenever I get to that, if that ever happens. This is... I'm, I'm enjoying that one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to slow my roll on this one, though, because it's not... I mean, it's a lot of beer. It's not that much. I'm gonna need more. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you off to the fridge at some point. And it'll be much more convenient because I don't have to trip or move that very flimsy table that I usually put on. That's true. Uh, or walk completely away. And also, you can just talk to Dominic. If you if I walk away, it out, we are recording in person for the first time in quite a while. <laughs> Is this the first one since Ready Player One? Well, chronologically, it's the first one since. Um, chronologically of episodes. It's That's true. Time. The one that was just released. The one that was just released before. moments before we started recording, which you yeah. will hopefully have heard one week before you hear this episode. Um, our, you know, just in case you haven't listened to it, it's still, I'm going to still call it our the Untitled, untitled Holiday. Well, the holiday, thing is, Dominic so. hasn't had a chance to listen to it yet. That's true. So I'm going to... We can't spoil surprise. it for him. And uh, it is a very short episode if you're worried about having a crunch or time. It was only like 45 minutes long. Yeah. yeah 45, 45 minutes. minutes. Is, is, that one was good, quick and dirty. Like, we we jumped right into it seconds after watching the movie we were watching. It was painful. There was no news, new, no to nuggets. It's a difficult one to get through. Don't uh, say it. If you guess it, don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Although, we, that probably shouldn't have been enough for him to guess. No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, he may have guessed it, but it shouldn't really be enough information. We recorded it in like June of. This but I year. see. I just. I see the wheels turn. There was in a, his head right there now. It was seemingly a dawn of recognition. That's why yeah. there was a couple of words. Not to be confused with dawn of justice. Yeah. No, which never. Which is worse? <laughs> Somehow worse. No, let's be fair. It still wasn't worse than our episode. <laughs> well, is it worse because it was made with seemingly the best our episode dawn of justice than the movie we reviewed? Oh. <laughs> No, our the episode <laughs> was gold. It's gold. It's gold, Jerry. <laughs> we we made chicken salad out of chicken shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, anything else to say on this? 
Um, other no, than, except other than that I, I, des- I desire more of it. I, yeah. I do want more that of it. That I don't too. have. Um, Maybe not half the mug of head either. <laughs> that would be preferable. <laughs> I just we, we each get a bottle, and you just drink it out of the bottle. Yeah. Just look a bunch of savages. All right. This, uh, we're just chock full of trailers, and you said you had some nuggets as well. I have one extended nugget on extended Adam. Extended nugget? On Adam McKay. So you have a tender. Beloved director, yes. All right, so we got trailers and a tender. Um, where do you want to start? I mean, we have, I've got the list of movies, uh, the list of trailers that we need to go through. So. There's three well, of them, right? I've got we will s- save the best for last? I've got seven. Don't worry. <laughs> I didn't put them in the notes. I, I was like, I saw three, no, and those no, are the three I'm, that I remembered I'm just, us talking I'm about. I'm holding on to them. Uh, I've got seven, <coughs> well, I think. So let's, save the first one I showed you. That'll be, that'll be the last one. Okay, great. So the first <coughs> one that's on the list, uh, this is unfortunate that he can't mute when he calls. I know. I usually do a very <laughs> excellent job of self-editing myself. You, you do. Anthony uh, seems to be constantly scrambling to grab the mute button <laughs> while he's talking. Not much we can do about that here. Sorry, folks. Uh, the first trailer that I'd like to discuss, which I did not know was a trailer, you guys had already seen it, was Aladdin. Yes. Hmm. I love Aladdin. It was my favorite Disney movie, like, as a kid. Yes. Uh, so like, good. But down, it ended up becoming more or less kind of down between, like, that and, like, The Lion King and, you know, maybe one or two others. Like, you know, maybe, like, a Toy Story, but, like, when I was a kid, Aladdin was the one that I most often wanted to yeah. watch. Aladdin, Aladdin was definitely my favorite growing up. Um, also, the Sega game. Aladdin was fantastic. I don't. I think I might have played a little. Oh, bit of that it's so one. good! I remember playing. Was it? I don't. Was it a Sega or was it a a Game Boy game? The the Lion King game, which was the very Lion, difficult. The Lion King game on Sega was was tough. That second level, you're jumping on giraffes' heads, you're doing somersaults, you're riding on rhino tails. It's legitimately it's, difficult game. It's difficult. We, you know what? We'll we should hook that up later, and we'll we'll play some of those games. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get that going. Do do you? Did you play any of those games? Those old NES games? I know, like, you're on, like, that weird line of where if you did, it was probably, like, an emulator. I might have watched you guys play it at some point, but I We gave you that controller that wasn't plugged in? Yeah. We were, like, the jerk cousins. Well, no, but the other problem is, like... We've all done it. At that time, (laughs) during during the height of those years where, like, we would stay with you guys for a week or whatever, like, he was very young. That's true. He was only born in in 1995. So, like, those yearly trips, or bi-yearly trips... Biannually, biannually, semi-annually. That's the one. That's the one I'm looking for. Um, was up until 2000, so he was less than five years old. Mm. Realistically, he wasn't gonna be playing that's with true. us. He's gonna be losing his lives like it's nobody's business. <laughs> lives were precious back in the day when you were playing those NES games. Now it's just like you die, you just die. You know, on a whim, I will tell you the rabbit hole that got me to watching it. You know what I watched the last several minutes of, or I guess the whole the uh, let's play of the whole thing. I feel like I'm gonna want that story, but let's go. Um, the final mission of Shadows of the Empire. Oh, the Skyhook. Yeah, Skyhook. Yeah. That was, that was a fun game. I like that game. Is that the one with Kyle Katarn? No, Dash Rendar. Dash Rendar. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was a good game. With your, um, what's that freighter called? Oh. Fuck, they said the name of it too, and I, and I don't what? remember. That was my, that was my, uh, ship of choice when I played the X-Wing tabletop game. Ah, Flying nice. that sucker around. Oh, did it make it into that game? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was great. I, I missed that game. Oh, look at that. If I start typing in Dash Rendar, you know what the first autofill option Why is? Why, too? Ship. <laughs> <laughs> the ship was the Outrider. What, so, you just... Outrider. That's the one. So, you just... You, why did you watch this? The short version. 
No, actually, the full version is better. Okay. Because um, it may actually make for a fun conversation, although his answer to it was going to be pretty similar to what my answer to mm. it was. Um, someone put on Twitter, um, it, it was, I think it was, I don't know if he was the lead writer or he was one of the top people uh, in um, making Mass Effect Andromeda. Mm. One of the guys who was made the game put out, he's, he is a huge gamer himself, you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of these guys tend to be. Um, and he asked, what are the games that you replayed the most? Meaning, not like you sunk, you know, 500 hours into playing Call of Duty Online. Like, talking about playing through campaign, what was the game that you replayed the most? You know, a list of them, he put a list of five games, stuff like that. Um, so, I said the ones that I had played the most of is, I've played the entire Mass Effect trilogy double digit times. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as I've already played Andromeda four times probably I've played through some of the Dragon Age games a bunch of times um and the other one that I could think of like that had a campaign that I played through the whole campaign um was James Bond Nightfire James Bond Nightfire was that that Xbox not GameCube it was original Xbox slash GameCube slash PlayStation 2 okay I'm sure you did because at that time it was I mean it came out like 2001 2002 something like that so that you would have probably had it um probably the next best Bond game after Goldeneye, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, I was thinking about the game, and I was like, you know, I don't actually 100% remember how, like, I remember the final mission was in space, it was a space station battle, I don't really remember what the whole deal was, so I looked it up, and it, for some reason it popped in my mind the end of the Star Wars um, Shadows of the Empire game, it was like, isn't there something weird, I was like, I remember like you maybe die at the end of it, but I don't remember what it was, so I looked up the end, I was like... It was like, I was going to fast forward to the end, but it was like a let's play of the final like mission. Uh, like, okay. Let me just watch this video. It was like eight minutes long or something like that. Watch the whole thing, and then they show the whole end of it, including like the epilogue cutscenes and stuff like that. I was like, mm. okay, that's right. I kind of forgot some of that, the whole thing that he faked his own death and stuff like that. Well, that, uh, you didn't see that unless you played on hard. That was the other part of it, because yeah. I was trying to remember. I was like, I feel like there was a thing where it was like, when you finished playing the game, like it made you jump up in difficulty because it said check out again to see what would happen if you play on hard, and like they gave you each time you play a harder like difficulty, they would give you like different cheats and codes, mm. and they would give you a new bit of the cutscene. I loved codes. And the final thing was the final. If you played it on, I think Jedi level was the top level. Okay. They gave you the cutscene showing as Luke and Leia mourn the loss of Dash Rendar, their best friend who you never heard of. Um, <laughs> um, the scoundrel. Very shortly before episode six starts, the, the timeline of episode six, it takes place between yeah. um, Empire and Jedi. Um, they cut after they are lamenting the loss of their friend and the price that they had to pay to get what they needed, you know, with this whole purpose of the game. They cut back to the Outrider and it's Dash and Lebo, his little droid. <laughs> um, and Lebo asks him, why did you jump to light speed and not tell anyone you survived? And he basically said, this is my clean slate. He goes, we defeated Caesar and his people, but he had already put out a bounty on our head across the entire galaxy. If everyone thinks we're dead, no one will be hunting us right. anymore. So, okay. Yeah, that's convenient way to write themselves out of why he doesn't exist in the lore. <laughs> that game had a lot going for it. It was first you have you have a pretty great Hoth mission, and I know like the Hoth mm-hmm. mission is is replicated in a lot of Star Wars games, but it was, really, was it was good in that one. That was the well, it's the first good one. Uh, was Rogue Squadron after that or before? I think it was after it. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I think you might. Be, Rogue you Squadron. Might be right. I, I remember having Rogue Squadron. No, well, the thing is, I think they've done different ones that had Rogue Squadron in it, but 
Uh, I think Rogue Squadron was on GameCube. I had that game. The original, I, the original one on that I remember was on N64. There was a Rogue Squadron. I actually have it still. Mm. Um, but it's... I, I, so maybe it was before. I don't yeah, remember. I'm not, I'm not certain. But it had, a great, it had a great Hoth mission. It had a great speeder mission. It had this awesome one where you're just on the top of a train. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> I don't remember the whole game. I remember the Hoth one. I remember the one on top of the train. I remember the Skyhook mission. Um, I don't yeah. remember a lot and of that, the other that ones. That Skyhook one... Apparently the one... Something with, with Gaul me. was a big mission. It was like... It was, some, it was like... The, ti- the title of the mission was two or three words. It was something something Gaul or Gaul something. Um, and they were talking about, I guess, during the credits at the end of that game. Um, the, the, the producers of the game, like the people who made it and like tested it, they did speed runs of each okay. mission. And... Like, I guess this Gaul mission could take, like, 40 minutes to play or something like that, or more. Um, and, like, the, the the suggested time, like, hey, because that was how it was, like, released. They, they had the list of all the titles of missions and the time it took someone. says, see if you can finish it in this amount of time. And it was, like, 11 minutes. And they were like, <laughs> but how? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, man, that... that... That game, I, I miss that game. I, you know what? I still, I still have that. I will. Uh, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to play through that again. Do you have it? I do have it. I remember playing parts of it. It was beyond my skill level at the time when you had. That it game. was difficult. Uh, it, it was. It's weird. Weird. Those N64 games. That was the first generation of console that I held on to. Yeah. Um. I had. I had previously. I had gotten consoles late in their life cycle. Like, like they, I always got like hand-me-down consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, the N64 was the first one that I had that was mine and it was like at the time that it was popular. Yeah. And uh, I still have it. I've got about, I don't know, 40 games or so um, in one of those weird drawer things yeah, yeah, that you yeah. pull out and it sticks in. It's not great. They fall apart. When you, they fall out when you slot it in and out. But uh, no, that was, that, was a, that was a great system. I, I love it. Now, so you were saying Mass Effect was the one that you've, you've replayed the most. Yeah. Um, but I've played like Dragon Age 2 nearly as much as one of those games, specifically Dragon Age 2. I, I actually I've only played all the way through the first one one time. He's played mm. that one several times. That was my favorite of the trilogy, even yeah. though it had the worst graphics in combat. But I gotta say my answer is not the same as Al's. The games, Well, I've mentioned several. The, yeah. uh, there's overlap between the, the games two. You played those all that I'd say that I played the most was the Jack and Dexter trilogy. Mm. And that, that was a very you. excellent game series. That, that was probably one of the first games I ever played on PS2. Okay. Because uh, I went from PS2 to then Xbox 360, but what a trilogy. It started off, you know, the main guy doesn't talk, and then just fun, and you're jumping, and you're beating up little character and uh, cartoon villains, and then it gets so dark in Jack 2. <laughs> like, you're fighting the always excellent Baron Praxis, voiced by uh, Clancy Brown, and uh, it's just Dark Jack. It's just, yeah, what a great series. Well, the other thing about that series is the first game was basically a Zelda ripoff, like, where it's, like, high fantasy... Like kind of cheesy, like voiceless protagonist. Okay. To the second game was in like a dystopic future yeah. with guns and stuff it's like, like a, that. Strange. Uh, and also now he's got a voice, like <laughs> rebellion and yeah, evil kind of emperor type guy and Baron Praxis. And then the third one, get huge, uh, far-reaching alien group that just kind of <laughs> you do get slow just he's to see seductively it. removing his shirts I'm sorry no sneakily I just realized I could not keep up I just realized that I meant to take it off right before we oh started the episode and yeah. I was just going to act like it was off the whole time yeah. no one would have been yeah. any the wiser so I was trying to do it very surreptitiously he did his best uh, approximation of Magic Mike Oh God! <laughs> that was not my best. Not, the, not that I would, not that the best would be any much better than it was. But oh my God! Okay, so Jack, what was it? Jack and Dexter. Yeah, Jack and Dexter. And 
You said PS2. I didn't have a PS2. Yeah, um, that was my I, first. I well, you had an Xbox, my system. the original Xbox. Right? I had the original Xbox. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it was actually it was pretty early on. It was actually it was the it was the year that it came out that I got it. But uh, so actually, G- GameCube that, was the first one that I owned, like contemporary to when it was released. The uh, Xbox brings me to my answer, which is actually uh, the original Halo. Uh, is the game that I played through the most. Uh, that was before consoles were online. And it was system link. You could play system link. <laughs> you could do system link, and we would hook it up through um, GameSpy Arcade or what came later was Xbox Connect, which was just like a tunneling service, so that you could yeah. you could pretend you were system linking, but you weren't in the same house. It was really it was genius, um, and still don't really remember. I'm not sure how we figured this stuff out. I just it was like <laughs> you just knew how to do it when you were well back <laughs> then. Like anything, it was. You had a friend who knew someone, who knew someone, who knew someone. I was the one that figured it out for my group of friends. Yeah. And I introduced them to it. And then I met Chris in high school, and he was doing it too, and he introduced his friends to it. I was like, oh, we're not pioneers because we didn't create it, but we were the group, we were the ones that figured it out for our groups. Um, but uh, that, man, that that campaign, I played through that so many times, and like through like all the difficulty levels, and it was just so much fun. I love Halo. I miss it. I miss it. If I get, if I get very nostalgic thinking about Halo. It, it doesn't exist. Like, don't let the fact that they're still making games yeah. confuse you. It died and ended with Halo 3. <laughs> Where do they stand with making a sixth Halo? I'm sure there'll it's, be one eventually. There's a, when did there's the a teaser one, for when did the Halo come Infinite. Out? Or Is that Infinity? two years ago? Halo 5? Yeah, Halo 5 was last, last year? Mm, it's yeah, gotta be at least two years ago. Maybe a year and a half. Hmm. Um, yeah, but it was... Uh, man, it could be two years. Time passes by very quickly. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, Halo 5, the gameplay was fun. The story was not very good. But you're right. Halo 1, 2, and 3 were something very special, and then it and then it died off. Because I'm the a- problem is, like, the end of this, the game, and it had kind of a, like, cliffhanger-y thing where there's, like, a post-credit scene with him, like, disappearing, and oh my god, it was October 27th of 2015, so three years ago. Holy wow. moly. <laughs> um, saying, I feel like it was had to have been at least two. Um, That's crazy. And then they just decided to bring it back, and they had Reach, and then they had four. Well... Yeah, or was yeah. it? Or, no, or, or, it, it was Reach before three? No, it came out after. Was it after three? Yeah, but yeah. ODST came in between those two. But that was like that was a good game though. though that was of. it was a it standalone. Was it was just cool because you were going through previous places yeah. you had been through previously. Mm-hmm. The different set of characters. That was that was a lot of fun. But man, I will Halo Halo One will always be super special to me. Halo Two is the most fun that I've had in an online. Video yeah, game. I loved Halo Two. That one I still played more system like because it was still original Xbox and I didn't have one. Mm. Um, I ended up playing it back again some when uh, I got my 360. Mm-hmm. Um, but Halo, I played the campaign for all three of them. Yeah. Um, I, you know, obviously I spent some time. The one that I played the most of for quite some time was the original, and then two we played on System Link. Uh, someone up the street had two Xboxes nice. in, in the house, and they had it hardwired through the two rooms. So when we had time in the neighborhood, um, we would try and get 4v4 as often as possible, um, which ended up sometimes working very well, sometimes not working well at all, uh, <laughs> for various reasons. Um, and then when I, I had three, it was at the time, you know, with, with 360, I played that online, you know, quite a bit eventually. Um, but I, I played through the campaign a few times, too, and that one, uh, the, I really loved that one. That one is kind of just outside of... The range of where it would fit for me for that, whereas mm-hmm. it's talking about one that you particularly played through multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Halo, Halo Two, I definitely played through a lot, but Halo One. That's what I'm saying. You may have played Jack and Dexter the most of all of them, but you have a lot of overlap amongst your games that you played many times. There's a lot of overlap with what I've had. Yeah, 
That's funny. Um, the, although the other one I was thinking of for you, when you said there's something else, what I was thinking of was um, you loved that um, the Army Men game. Oh, yeah. You played Army through that. Air, oh, my God. <laughs> Army Air Attack 2 or whatever when they, with the helicopters and the, the Green Army versus the Tan Army. Another, yeah, that, another villain named Baron von Beige. Yes, is is that the like you play like in house sets, right? Like it's like in a like it's in like a in a backyard and, yeah. and and all that stuff. And you play oh, as like man, that, those are fun. Yeah. Those, those, those are very was silly. An excellent game with again another. They love their villains. What these a concept! PS2 games. <laughs> yeah, Bar- Baron von Beige based off the. Uh, well, at least that made more sense because it was yeah. supposed to basically be World War II. Like yeah. <laughs> that awesome. was an excellent series as well. Ha- um, Halo Combat Evolved. Give mm-hmm. credit where credits too was the that was probably the first game that like really I mean really captured my imagination where like all I could think about was that world and the like the crazy art style and like looking up and seeing that ring circle like what is this game like it was it was, at the That's time Halo. yeah <laughs> <laughs> at the time like that was you know it was completely groundbreaking visually and then it was also one of the most fun games the the loop of playing that game. Like, finding the right ammo, killing the right things, and then, like, taking a breather and then going right back into it was just... It was perfect. It, it was the next evolution of combat. It was. <laughs> 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 yeah, but how about... How about uh, not to spend too much time on this. Too that late. wasn't even in the rundown. Uh, too late. Uh, which came from a creepy tangent in my mind. For, for Halo, though, w- the most amazing thing about that game is at the midpoint of the game, it completely changes. And becomes about the flood, and yes. it was like this horror aspect that gets added in that nobody saw coming. Uh, it was quite the pivot, and they they actually they kept that uh, that story and like the material around that completely under wraps. Yeah, that wasn't part of the trailer or anything no. when that game came out, which is incredible. To hold on to it. For the, it's just man, I all I want to do is play that game. We're gonna have to figure out how to play that game later. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my goodness, well this this whole charade started with. I'm, uh, glad I got, about, I'm glad I went down the rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, but that, that started with us talking about Aladdin, which I'm very excited about, which there's just a teaser out, and it was, uh, I knew it right away from the music. Why not, man? Oh, it was just, <laughs> <laughs> no, not that song. It was, uh, but, Arabian Nights. Arabian Nights. <laughs> but it was just, I'm, I'm very excited for that. The next, Jesus, the next, that was one of seven trailers. The next oh, trailer boy. on the list is I'll Hellboy. See if, this one will be quick. I'll we'll see if I can get one. the equally good rabbit hole about Hellboy. Uh, so with Hellboy, I, I let the two of you watch this trailer right before we started. Um, I'm very excited about this. I really like I still don't like. I still don't like the way that the, the Del Toro version died. Okay. So I harbor some resentment. About how is that a play on words there with David? No, actually, because I always forget that that's his name. The thing is, you're always very impressed when I do those things, and I only mean to do it like three quarters of the time. (laughs) I have an innate talent that sometimes I think I don't know if it's subconsciously it clicks before I even realize I'm saying it. Your brain is just serving up puns. Like honestly, the one about it delving into the depths, singing to that depths, I didn't even do it on purpose. The one that I followed up with, just as subtle. I did that one on purpose because <laughs> then I was in that mode. Um, no, yeah, uh, no, I was upset with the way that the whole Del Toro um, one died. They were supposed to be making a third one, and it got you know kind of waitlisted and iced for a while and this and that, and then it just was like it's over. I would like we're to rewatch those movies because I do remember enjoying them. They were probably never as good as they could or should have been, mm-hmm. but they were still a lot of fun yeah. and ridiculous and. It was a perfect matching, in the same way that Ryan Reynolds was the perfect person for Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Guillermo del Toro was the best person for Hellboy. That That's creepy, for like the, the, the odd, cre- yeah, the whimsical creatures. mind yeah. was the perfect for that story and cast It's characters. like dark fantasy. It's, yes. Yeah, it's, it's... I thought it came out before the trailer that this new iteration of Hellboy would be a lot scarier and darker. But it seems from the trailer that it's the More exact lighthearted. Opposite. It seems very actually that that's way less dark looking than yeah the Del Toro one than the oh, first yeah. one yeah the second one was seemed a little bit the second one yeah you're right more, kind of lightened yeah. in tone a little bit the first one is dark yeah I mean it, it was of its time because mm-hmm. if you look visually kind of musically everything like the tones it fits in with those early two thousand years where Blade. like that new metal type of like. <laughs> Just those early two thousand years is what's <laughs> no. When you think about <laughs> like, like that new metal like music, um, you know where everything was evanescence and <laughs> yeah. how Cocaine. that reflected itself, <laughs> reflected itself in movie, whether it was like like more realistic or more fantasy like that. I mean, if you look at all the movies from those, I mean, what pops into mind is something like like Daredevil, yep. um, yeah. or that, or Hellboy, or Which SWAT, something like that. All those movies. Wildly different, <laughs> wildly different movies with wildly different settings, um, and yet they still all have kind of the same through line that feels of that era of two thousand to two thousand six ish. Yeah, well, that's that's fair. I uh, I'm excited for this movie. That's all. Yeah, I, I the I reason will, why oh, I will probably see it. Well, well you're going to see it because we're going to do that episode on it. But uh, <laughs> uh, the one of the reasons that I'm very so I I had mentioned when I brought the movie i love love david harbour i love him in um in stranger things and if you he's just Elliot from the newsroom i'm having a hard time getting over it listen to him on armchair expert i bring the show up every time he had he was on one of those episodes it was it was a while back but it was it was he, he got to sit in the chair and he's the only he's the only guest that's gotten to sit in the armchair it's it's worth a listen to and it's very entertaining okay. um, i'm looking forward to that the next trip not Sure, what I did there. Next trailer on our list: Men in Black International. Oh snap! Oh snap! <laughs> that was that was an, an aggressive opening into that trailer. Um, Dominic, I see you shaking your head. I never loved the original Men in Black movies, honestly. Yeah, I don't, okay. They just—I never got into them. I like the much. first one a lot. I and then the third one, I completely lost interest. I mean, you know, I Tessa like Thompson and. Uh, Chris Hemsworth definitely seemed like they have. That's the only thing that's pulling me back. Yeah, good chemistry. Knowing good that chemistry. they already have the chemistry, but from the whole Ragnarok. concept, I, I think it's overplayed at this point. And I, I'm not all that excited to see it. Well, it seems like they're doing it the right way, where it's like a tasteful reboot. Return to formula. It's yeah, we're getting back to basics. We're not. This is an Agent K and Agent yeah. J. Yeah. There's a little oil painting of Agent Which K and Agent J, great. but that's about all that we're gonna get to use to yeah. refer to them, other than the worm guys. And we're just going to go in with the theme and we're going to change it to a new... The, the style of movie is going to be different now. Because it looks like they took the approach of, we're going to... We, let's, let's do this let's do this again and have fun with it. Like, which is seemingly how they did the first one. They had fun yes. with it. And I... I'm, the second one was expectations and the third one was a cash grab. I... Yeah, it, it was... But that being said, I actually did enjoy the third one. I I, I did, did like <laughs> what happened there. I, I didn't because of how obviously cynical it was... The making of it. Mm. Um, there are elements of it I like. Josh Brolin does a great job. Yeah, being he does. young Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Um, but 
when it's very obvious that Tommy Lee Jones doesn't want to be there, and it's obvious not just by his on-screen performance, but by the fact that he's not on screen <laughs> for the majority of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, when Will Smith is left alone to do Will Smith stuff, which isn't funny anymore no. post Hitch. Um, I just I don't I don't care. I am well, that actually. Let's let's tie these two together. I am I am interested to see him play the genie though. I think I'm it'll be hesitant funny. It to won't see be Robin Williams' genie. genie. No, it won't be. But it can't be. Shouldn't be. So, and also physically probably can't. Right. So I'm excited. I I do think that we're talking lighthearted family humor, which I think he could do. And I think that he will. I think he he'll pull it off. I I and I'm. While he's kind of failed me recently, it's very obvious. Not recently, for a, a decade now. Oh, you didn't like Bright? Um, I didn't see Bright actually. <laughs> refused to see Bright. Refused to <laughs> on principle. Truly terrible movie. Um, <laughs> you are truly the worst. <laughs> no, the thing is, um, and you'll remember this better. I don't know about he. I, I may have mentioned it while you were around, um, and some of the audience may may remember or whatever. When Sony was hacked, mm-hmm. they released a ton of internal documents. Mm-hmm. And one of them on was on, at the time, they were proposing a crossover between yeah. this and 21 Jump Street. And I almost put my foot through the nearest that, delicate yeah. object. And I was like, I, fuck this. This is the stupidest thing what, ever. Like, what could that be? I don't know. There's no way that wouldn't be one of the worst things ever. And the thing is, when you know, the second you hear it, that that's one of the worst things ever... It has zero chance of succeeding. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not where, oh, that probably doesn't make much sense. Immediately, the second I heard it, I viscerally reacted and said, this is going to be awful. Icky. I don't care who you put, I don't care how much money you put, which people you have working on it, there is no way that works. Right. And they obviously listened to the many voices online that responded just in the same way I did. <laughs> and they scrapped that project. But the thing is, coming back up just a couple of years later and having... We're doing a new Men in Black. It's some form of a soft reboot of the the franchise, right? I still responded cynically to that, and I think justifiably so. Mm-hmm. When you watch the arc of the story of, of the making of those movies. Um, I forgot who was cast in the movie, honestly. Uh, I remembered that Chris Hemsworth was in it. I forgot Tessa Thompson was cast in the movie. I didn't know Liam Neeson was in it at all. Um, when I saw the trailer, because someone asked me about it, and I was like, I haven't seen it, let me watch it, and then I'll tell you my thoughts on it. I was like, okay, I'm at least willing to listen because I like the two of them and they are good on screen together. So I would be curious to see how that goes. Right. Yeah. That that that's that is that's gonna be the draw. That's gonna be the draw for people like us that are super into those Marvel movies. <laughs> like, I they 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 did work really well together. And from the from the trailer that we saw, I and also Chris Hemsworth has discovered who he is. Ragnarok yeah. was. Him on his last legs, and he got the jolt of energy he needs to carry on. He he isn't playing the exact same character, obviously, but you can see the hallmarks of similar to what he was in Ragnarok. What yep. he characterized that's a good wheelhouse for him to be in. He knows he's finally figured out what his actual acting talent is. That's it. He's like, yeah, he's a burnt out professional. <laughs> But like you know, he's got like the, he's like armed with that one liner. Honestly, yeah. with just seeing that talent flourish in him, he would be a, someone who would be a candidate to be a James Bond because that's Ooh. what you need. Oh, okay, they would still probably need to be a few more years. He's gonna work on a British accent, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, <laughs> he is a type of guy who could be armed with that skill set 
because um, he's got the looks, he's got the charm, and mm-hmm. if he can do the one-liner like that and it comes off smoothly, um, that's a thing he could do, I think. Farewell, morons. <laughs> <laughs> and also, considering most of the times we get all these very in-the-box casting choices for James Bond, mm-hmm. I think that's actually a slightly out-of-the-box. Slightly. Yeah. That's, I, can, I can get on board with that. Uh, the next one might actually be one of your nuggets. I'm going to skip over that. Unless you want to... You know what? Why don't you, why don't you throw a nugget our way? You want to break up the trailers and yeah. the nugget? Um, yeah, because I've got three more trailers left. I only have one nugget, and as I said, it says full on tender. Okay, so actually, f- skip that for one second. This one... You actually brought up... There were John Wick 3 photos. Oh, yeah. Nothing much to say here other than I'm very excited to see that movie. Well, I sent, yeah, I sent you that article last week, I think it was. Yeah. Um, the first uh, first shots on screen, uh, including the knowledge that Halle Berry is going to be one of the main characters. It was a picture of the two of them uh, with his dog and her dogs um, in the movie. So, I'm curious to see what that's all about. That could be good. That could be good. It will be good. Let's be serious. Yeah, I mean the first two were so why wouldn't the third? Yeah, right. Against all odds, just keep keep doing that thing. It when works. the first one, when the first one was coming out, I was like, "That's probably not going to be good." That yeah, that was a movie that had me and probably and a lot of people, from what I understand, just being like, "Ah, oh, maybe one when, when it's on TV, I'll watch it." And which is exactly what happened. And then when I watched yes. it, I was like, "Oh my!" <laughs> Can I just throw this out there? I think I mean we all know that Keanu Reeves isn't the best, most talented actor. He's very iconic for his role as Neo, mm-hmm. and he genuinely sounds like a very nice person in real life. Um, you know, I thought John Wick was an, a nice little thing for him because that movie he did with Eli Roth, I can't remember. He was like uh, in a house in Europe, and these two young girls show up at his door. I can't remember the name. Oh, of the I know who you're talking. It about. was painful watching him in that movie. What was that? Like painful. It was. These two girls, like I said, they're just tormenting him, uh, and he's married, and like he, he wants to have sex with them, and they just start going crazy on him. I can't remember the when name did of the this movie. Have, when did this come out? 2013-ish, maybe? But honestly, it was painful watching Speed? that. No. <laughs> <laughs> cads! Yeah. It's cads. Um, let's see if I can pull something out here. 2013, you think? I think it was around that time frame. I'm, let me, Henry's let me Crime? Help, help you look it up. Men of Tai Chi? No. 47 Ronin? No. Extreme no. Pursuit? Nope. John Wick? No. Knock Knock? Knock Knock. That's it. <laughs> Who's there? <What> did, <laughs> I've never heard of this movie. That yeah. says, you know what it says on IMDb? What? 2015 slash I. Oh. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it means yeah. I think that there's more than one movie titled Knock Knock officially in IMDb. But wouldn't you do Knock Knock? Slash? Yes. Uh, not 2015 could, slash? Could you read uh, the description for this movie? for the A audience? devoted father helps two stranded young women who knock knock on his door. <laughs> but his, <laughs> it just says knock once. <laughs> that was me. Sorry. Uh, but his kind gesture turns into a dangerous seduction and a deadly game of cat and mouse. Yeah. It's, it's starring it's Keanu Reeves' concerned face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um... Anyway, yeah. that, John, John, John Wick 3. Yeah, a good series for, for yeah. Keanu. Yes, Reeves. agreed. Plus, he looks awesome in real life training for the role of John Wick. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, I'm going to do two more trailers. We're going to do your, tender. your tender, and then we'll do the final trailer that you want. How's okay. that sound? Sound good? Okay, cool. Uh, they Shall Not Grow Old. Have you seen this trailer? I have not seen this. This is the Peter Jackson remastering of World War One footage in color, and it looks the the visual. It's visually stunning. You should go check it out right now. 
I imagine there'll be no audio. I don't know what they're actually going to do with this. Hmm. I have no idea how the movie is going to play out or if it's just going to be like a walkthrough museum type thing. Um, but it's it looks beautiful. And it's it's completely heartbreaking, the whole thing. Yeah, it's, and it's worth it's it is yeah it is definitely you should definitely go check out that trailer they the the music swelling as they're playing through it is is it's really well done um and he sounds like he might need that right now yeah. so <laughs> that's they shall not grow old so you should check that out and the, the final trailer that I'll talk about before we hand it off to Al for his tenders um, is Brightburn not familiar you heard with of this so I'm watching this trailer and the reason this came up on we were scrolling through trailers before we started recording this episode. And uh, this one showed up on the bottom, but I specifically did not have you play it because I wanted to take you on a journey oh. <laughs> through me watching this trailer. Oh, so this trailer kicks off, and husband and wife seems like they might be having some. They're having some struggles having a kid. Seems like maybe it's not in the cards for them, but they really want a kid. And this spaceship comes and crash lands on Earth. Superman. And they. <laughs> Okay, so you got, there. you got there. You're laughing. You got there. They go. They find the ship. There's a kid in it. They take the kid. They hide the ship. They treat the kid as their own. So far, we've heard this story before, right? And I'm getting... I am actively furious <laughs> watching this, right? I was like, is this actually another Superman movie? Is this maybe a movie about the parents? And like, are we just gonna do it from their perspective? Which, Kent. which I could, Kent, which I could get behind for a second, and then I would be annoyed again anyway. But I was like, okay, if maybe you want to take a different perspective, go through it as like a like a family drama, and what it was like for like what it could have been like for these parents that like really wanted to have a kid and our parents at heart, but they just weren't able to do that. Um, and I'm, it's getting further and further into it. I'm like, no, this is stupid. Like, why are we doing this? And then. You find out that this is a twisted version of the story where they hid it from him, and he realizes, and he goes dark. (laughs) And it's like a horror movie. (laughs) I was going to say, actually, I may have half seen this trailer, because I was going to say, this sounds kind of familiar. I was like, isn't this like a horror movie? And just as soon as you said it, it takes a dark turn. I was like, I think I may have seen part of this trailer and not caught the title and didn't realize that's what it was. So, yeah. Right, what now? Brightburn. Brightburn. So it was like, yeah, it started off, it's like, oh, we can't have kids. And then the, the you know, the spaceship crash lands and I just go, no. <laughs> and, then, and as the trailer went on, it won me over and I'm, I'm, I am interested in seeing it. Probably not going to see this one in theaters. I'm not like jumping Elizabeth Banks. to see it. But uh, I like the concept of him being just a just a monster because they would he'd be unstoppable. <laughs> so it should the be storyline. Says, what if a child from another crash from another world crash landed on Earth, but instead of becoming a hero to mankind, dun, dun, dun. he proved to be something far more sinister. Right. So it is literally just let's take the Superman thing, yeah, make it dark. What if bad? Yeah. What if what if they what, <laughs> if, bad? what if they just named it Bizarro? That would have been fun. Uh-huh. But uh, I I don't. I'm kind of curious. I'll watch that at some point. I don't think I'm going to be going to see it. But I will see it. You feel me? Okay. Uh, that is, I'll hold off the last one for after the tender. Um, okay. Tell so, us. I guess the best way to deliver this is through one of our favorite... Sing song? <laughs> through one of our favorite segments, uh, reading. Mm. I'm going to read you something. Oh, boy. From an article. So, the backstory to this is Adam McKay. 
you That's know, we all, we all enjoy Adam McKay. And Vice just came out mm-hmm. in his new movie. Very interested. So I heard an interview with him last week um, in which they were talking about Vice and stuff. And <clears throat> before we get into the reading part, I just want to throw this out here. We, we remember the other guys, right? The movie? Yeah. He directed, you know, Will Ferrell. Um, did you know that he's Dirty Mike? No, I didn't know. Dirty Mike is Adam McKay. I don't remember the movie enough to know who the characters are. Oh, you can't forget who Dirty Mike is. He leaves a soup kitchen. Dirty Mike and the boys? When they steal his car and have a homeless orgy in his car. (laughs) And then they go down by the river and find his car. Right. And Dirty Mike and the boys are going up and they said, hey... We're going to have sex in this car. You want to yes. join in with us? He said, that's my car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to leave a soup kitchen in here. <laughs> I never knew that that is Adam McKay. I didn't know that either. Okay. Um, so I leave you with that charming anecdote to then read you this headline. How Adam McKay literally put his heart into his Dick Cheney film Vice. This was on Deadline. And I will scroll down slightly. I heard them talking about this um, in an interview. And then I looked up the article in which I was trying to find the full official story. So I will start reading from this article. McKay believes he may well owe his life to Cheney, or at least to Bale's extensive version of the former Veep's numerous heart attacks. Because when McKay had a mild one right after principal photography finished due to the stress of making the film, he knew just what to do because of what Christian Bale told him. While I was making the movie, I was fairly conscious of the fact I put on some weight and I was smoking a lot. My doctor had told me, you gotta stop doing this, and I kept saying, please don't let me have a heart attack while I'm doing a movie about Dick Cheney. The movie happened in January, the moment happened in January, and McKay believes he owes a debt to bail that he didn't risk death by irony. Sure enough, we finish the movie and I call my trainer I say, we gotta get on it, man, I'm too heavy, our third workout I get tingly hands and my stomach starts going queasy. I always thought when you get a heart attack it's just pain in the chest or the arm, but then I remembered. When we shot one of the heart attack scenes, Christian Bale asked me, how do you want me to do it? And I say, what do you mean? It's a heart attack. Your arm hurts, right? He says, no, no, no. One of the more common ways is that you get really queasy and your stomach hurts. I said, really? I'd never heard that before. And right in that movement, in that moment, when McKay doubled over, I went, oh shit. And I ran upstairs and I downed a bunch of baby aspirin and I called my wife who immediately called 911. Got, I feel like he should have just called 911. Um, got to the hospital really fast and the doctor said, because you did that, no damage was done. Your heart's still really strong. That's because I remember Christian Bale telling me that. The doctor said, you gotta quit smoking. That's what's doing this to you. You need to lose weight, but the smoking's making it about four times worse. Wow. <laughs> so, I will skip forward slightly. I called Christian a week later and said, either you or Dick Cheney just saved my life. After asking again and again for ten minutes if I was alright, we just started laughing about it. So after that, McKay got the idea to create something of an inside joke in the film, but putting the image of his blocked heart into a metaphorical sequence when the pressures of manipulating President George W. Bush and Congress to approve the post-9-11 invasion of Iraq spiked the level of stress and paranoia in the, in the steely veep. My, doc, my doctor sat me down and said, do you want to see your heart attack? He puts up this thing, this black and white picture that shows the blocked artery. You've probably seen the film before on movies and TV, and you see the blockage, and when you see the wire that cleans it out, you see the blood flow. What we were talking about, I said, can I have a copy of that? So then I put it in a, in a movie. So my cameo in the movie is my actual heart attack. <laughs> oh my god, that's oh. really funny. Uh, wow, that's... That's intense. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to see that movie. Uh, I'm, I'm interested too. I, I've heard kind of mixed things about the movie itself. Mm. Um, that there's some good and bad and that it just... It's, I think there's kind of too much and it doesn't ever click. Okay. Um, but I'm curious to see, uh, especially when I saw the first trailer for the movie, 
and I saw Christian Bale. I was oh like, my god! Nope, that's not Christian Bale. Yeah, <laughs> I just, that might be Dick Cheney, but it's not Christian Bale. When we were when we were watching it, Kim was like, "Who is that?" And I told her, and she was like, "What? No, it's not. <laughs> Why are you lying to me right now?" <laughs> yeah, that uh, that's that's intense. Yeah, um, and he's very cav- casual about it and uh, is making jokes about it and the most meta of jokes. He put his actual heart attack into the movie that he made, um, literally and metaphorically. Brilliant. Um, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and also hearing the story about him being literally Dirty Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our final nugget. Let us discuss. This us. was this was a Christmas surprise nugget for Christmas Dominic and surprise. Anthony because up until the moment I mentioned it. You guys had not heard of the new. I no, I knew it was, I hadn't seen the trailer. Well, you knew that he, you may knew he was working on it, but did yeah. you know the trailer had released? Yeah. No, I, I did not know the trailer. I just hadn't watched it. That's awesome. Okay, that so that it was it was a treat for me today. Yes, which I appreciate. Uh, why don't you take this one away? Um, okay, so for those of you who knew that Jordan Peele was working on a movie but don't know what the movie is, um, it's called Us, U.S. Um, <laughs> and. In case you were wondering whether he was going to get back into comedy or if he was going to not get back into comedy, um, as the trailer's starting, uh, they flash a title card across that says, From the Mind That Brought You, Get Out, um, A New Nightmare from Jordan Peele. So yes, it is another horror movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it does sound like, from the little bit I've read about it since the trailer released, um, while it will not be another case study, I mean, I'm sure uh, aspects of it will be tinged with it, but... Uh, it is not directly another case study of race relations in America. Um, it's something more deep and more personal. Um, if you can get just based on watching the trailer and what little bit you can guess of it, um, it's about the. I think the quote I saw him was, "Well, we all know that we're our own worst enemies," um, and that seems very literally to be mm-hmm. the case behind what it is and what he's been touting. And we'll see if that's true. Um, is that. This is a monster you've never seen before. Not exactly that uh, on screen. There's doppelganger movies, obviously, yeah. but um, we did one on the show a couple months ago. <laughs> um, but uh, it's about a, a family that goes through a home invasion by another family that looks suspiciously like them, right? And that, acts that and reacts them. suspiciously like them. Now this trailer is terrifying. Uh, yes, yeah. you know what they've mastered in horror movies. Um, the many different usages of violins, yeah. or I'll say strings, maybe yeah, some yeah, of them yeah. are cellos and violas, but uh, um, it's amazing how viscerally terrifying the sound of just violins can be. Where if yeah. you took those images off screen and just started playing that, you're like, oh, something scary is going on. Well, yeah, for anybody, <laughs> anybody that's into movies, they, you do know that when it comes to a horror movie, and a good horror movie or a good suspense, the music is 90% of that. Yes, you at like, least cultivating that aura, right? It's, un- it's unreal. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's what makes a movie that was not built in any way, shape, or form a horror movie as an outright horror movie. Yes. But, but like there's, there's, I don't know, horror movies are a dime a dozen. And then there's something like this where, the, and I'm not, I haven't seen the movie yet, I can't actually judge the movie itself and, and say that it's going to be great. I'm, I'm, no, but he's a smart dude who knows how to write, so I'm curious. Right, exactly. So here's the thing that really got, that really got me while I was watching it, which I never noticed before. You know I hate jump scares because jump scares are are cheap. They're a tactic. Yeah, but he has They're a particular not... style of jump he scare. He does. And when you watch the trailer, there's I think there's three a total of three jump scares in the trailer itself. Maybe. And they're all t- 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 tightly packed within like ten seconds of the trailer. But they're not. 
there's no, you know what, the, I don't know, I was trying to pinpoint while I was watching it, what is it about this that's not bothering me? I'm not annoyed by them in this movie, and I don't think there's... You know what it is, because it's something that you almost haven't seen before, um, and it can all be distilled down to, from the very first jump scare, and the very first time you saw the trailer for Get Out, it's the unnatural movement of the guy running towards him in the middle of the night. True. That's the type of movement and jump scare type thing. Everything is that exaggerated, technically proficient style of movement mm-hmm. that doesn't look fake because it's not. Because it's not CGI. It's, right. it's, it's a, a real, real human movement and your body can it's, identify that. But it's not normal. Right. And that's what's disturbing to you. So there is there is that. Um, that is one piece of it. The other piece that I think is important is they... A lot of movies, when there's a jump scare that they're going to do, that's just dumb because they don't know how it else to scare you. in your eardrum? Well, screams in your eardrum. No, but like they also, literally inside of they it? They build and build and build. Like they're, what they're going to do is they're going to have you stare in the dark for probably an, like an odd number of seconds, and then a quarter of a way through a second is when they're going to... Like they're going to build it up for a really long, unnecessary amount of time. He commits to it right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. It's coming, and then it happens. Yes. And it's like... And you, you don't have a chance... You don't have a chance to prepare yourself. You don't have a chance to get annoyed and then be like, "Wow!" Oh. <laughs> like it has it's it's it works with everything else going on because everything else is so visually interesting in the frame, and then it happens, and it's all built into the story. It's not just unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I he knows how to do. I think he, I, the guy knows how to do scary, which and, is weird because I mean, listen, they always had. If not outright horror, it was parodied horror in Key and Peele, mm-hmm. but it was always played for a laugh because a lot of time it was a send-up of what could have been a horror thing, or it's like, this is that thing that in any other circumstances would be horrifying, instead it's just weird because there's laughter over it. Yeah. Um, they've just stripped the laughter away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what's and, and they've replaced it with violence. What, I, yeah, what, I, what I'm very interested in is, uh, I am curious, I was concerned that if he didn't continue to make moves, that he would be forgotten. Well, he's the hottest guy, well, maybe the, the two hottest are him and Ryan Coogler, um, in Hollywood, because within the come, in the months after Get Out, you know, ascended to the top, um... There was all sorts of rumors flying around about what movies he was going to take next. Mm-hmm. People clamoring for him to take those movies. The big one was Akira, which was, um, I think, was was that a Japanese manga that was going to be? They were trying to have. They've been trying for a long time to get made into an actual movie. Okay. Um, and I, I think he may have even tentatively agreed to do it. And I don't think he's attached to that project anymore. Okay, that's interesting. I, I just, I, I think it's important. For him to do this movie, because for for two things, one, uh, I really I want him to be front and center for a very long time. Yeah, because that movie was. And I'm a little surprised actually, because I don't think he actually would have ever been exactly forgotten. I think you had another couple of years where people would have been like, "When's the new Jordan Peele thing coming?" Sure, out? but um, this is actually pretty quick. This is going to come out is, two years after Get quick. Out came out. And I think what's but what's even better about this is you could be like, "Oh, he's doing another horror movie." I, I feel like the immediate reaction is going to be like. Oh, is he like a one-trick pony? I don't... But that's not... If you watch the trailer, that is not what this is. No, this is a this different is, movie. He know The guy is good. Like, he, like the writing is good. Like, I'm already... I'm completely sold on this movie with that one trailer alone. I don't... We talk about trailers a lot on the show. I don't need to see another one. Here's my money. Give me my ticket. Actually, I'll see it this, when it's ready. This was the exact type of one where uh, any more information probably would, would ruin the yeah. viewing experience. Um, they gave you... And they didn't do a teaser, then a trailer. Just a full trailer right at the start. And that's the only trailer you need, really. Yeah. 
Um, I'm excited. And you you can see the cachet and the clout he's gotten, right? Because he went from having actors you've never heard of before. It's like, oh, that guy was in that thing once. Yeah. Um, to front and center, at the beginning of the trailer, it's Oscar-winning actress Lupita Nyong'o. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, as well as um, he's got uh, Winston Duke in it, who's gained a lot of fame since uh, Black Panther came out earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um and a couple other people, uh, including... I, I, I was don't know. Jonah Hill on the dock in that early scene? I don't know. You know, I looked up the cast list briefly, but because it's so new, um, they don't really have like it like ordered well um, in the thing. But Elizabeth Moss is in it. Yaya Abdul-Mateen is in it, um, who we'll be talking about briefly yep. uh, soon with the movie that we're doing today. Tim Heidecker, which is hysterical. Um those of you who don't know who Tim Heidecker is, he's from Tim and Eric's awesome show, Great Job, um, along with all those other weird things. <laughs> um, and I'm sure there'll be a couple other people who show up as well, but I'm interested in this movie. Yeah. I'm... Despite the fact that I didn't actually know that he was doing this movie. I knew he was working on a movie, but I didn't know what it was or what it was about or anything. I'm sold. I'm so I'm very excited for it. I'm very excited for this, and I will, I am very excited to just follow this guy's career. Yes, he's a he is a director and writer who anytime you tell me he's doing something, I'm going to be interested. I have in to it. say, I could not be any more surprised with the way that he is going with his career. When they <laughs> yeah, said Key and Peele is over, um, I could not have been any more surprised that he was going to be. A guy writing horror movies that were the snapshot of social commentary in today's America. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Awesome. Cool. Any other nuggets? Uh, No, that's it. With that, let's get into our flick of the week. Ooh. In synchronicity. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Aquaman. (laughs) Discuss. Um, First movie we got to see together for a while. Um, glad, I'm glad we went. I was, uh, I, I went <laughs> begrudgingly. I went to see this movie. I refused to call the movie by its name when I got <laughs> my ticket. I said, "I'll have what he's having." <laughs> and <laughs> I, uh, I'm happy to admit, I, I was wrongish. Uh, the movie was entertaining. Yes, I'll, I will own this movie. I'll pick it up. Okay, I'll pick it up. That's something. Um. I had I had fun. Fun to, is fun is probably the best word. I fun, fun or entertaining, yeah. interchangeably kind of used. To, this is a fun or entertaining movie. To my surprise, I'm the visuals pretty, were solid. Well, the, the funny anecdote about that was when we were getting ready to leave the house, the three of us. Um, I said to Anthony and Dominic, uh, "Make sure you guys adjust your expectations now before we go out the door. Before we get there, so no one gets overly disappointed." Right. So what I've been hearing is. That is a cheesy, fun movie with stunning visuals, to which Anthony very sarcastically laughed at me, justifiably so, as <laughs> evidenced by some of our... best Ron Burgundy said, I don't believe you. <laughs> uh, as, as evidenced by our episodes on Wonder Woman and Justice League, um, these DC movies have um, an accurate, I think, um, reputation of... Not looking very good most yeah. of the time. Uh, Wonder Woman had its moments until they set everything on fire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, spoiler alert, guys. They still find a way in a movie that predominantly is under the sea to set things on fire. 
There's a lot of fire. The fire oh. still is the worst work looking of all the stuff, but the yeah. underwater Ooh, stuff... Ooh, that's debatable. Yeah. The worst looking of all the stuff is most definitely the hair. <laughs> Everybody's hair is I meant, bad. I meant, big, I meant big picture stuff. <laughs> but, but yes, okay. um, well, the thing is, some of the hair was fun slash funny. Mm -hmm. Some of it was very bad. Um, at times... Specifically, the whole first sequence he's in, Dolph Lundgren, I couldn't take seriously oh, because no. it's very obviously a frame of his face with his hair and the rest of his body moving around him. Well, I gotta say, I didn't actually, I didn't look in. I saw the trailer and I didn't look any like further into the movie at all. I had no idea he was in this, so that was an interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I I had heard he was in it, but I, I thought it was like that. I thought it was a little cameo. I didn't realize he was playing like an important role. Yeah, I, I knew he was in like it, in but the movie. I thought it was yeah. just like for two seconds. I didn't <laughs> realize he was going to be in it substantially. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, with with flowing red, weird red hair. The thing is, it's because it was red that it looked so bad. <laughs> yes. Eh. You know, no, I mean on him specifically. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's her, because speaking, it was bad hair as well. Speaking about the movie itself, I felt like looking at Anthony's face in the movie theater when DC Comics showed up on the you know title sequence, I pictured Fonzie from the Waterboy when he's on the phone but not really on the phone just saying, I hate it, I hate it. <laughs> you know what, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because there was something that... that went through my mind when that sequence happened. That they keep putting uh, in the Green Lantern? Well, no, not even... That's fine. Because we talked about that the first time. That they that's that fine. There is a... It's not in their their thing. There is a Green Lantern movie. No, that's, technically. Technically is in there. Is it? It's uh, part of it? In the... Oh, the that's true. That's League, true. That's there's true. a random... So, Green okay. Lantern. That's great. What's not okay, though, is they're... So they're taking that... Mar they're basically, they just... What's not they okay remade is that they the wholesale Marvel, ripped off that. Yeah, they remade the Marvel opening. Yeah. But they also put in a crap load of characters that they have not put into movies. And never will. And never will. And I'm just like, stop it. <laughs> stop. You gotta earn that shit, and you haven't. Stop. You skipped to Avengers, you failed. Yeah. Okay. And now you're gonna put all these characters in here... No. <laughs> just no. Just no. 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 They did Civil War, then Avengers, then solo movies. <laughs> the worst... It made no sense the way they did uh, things. Oh my god. It's so, it's so frustrating. But, that being said, pleasantly surprised that I, was, I had fun watching the movie. I was entertained. The, I'm, you know, we've talked about this a lot on a lot of previous episodes... I'm no longer like super into action sequences. I don't I just don't care anymore. These were fun to watch. Well, and that's the thing. And I, I unique. I put a note about this is because it's something that we've discussed. If you're gonna sell us on big set Pete action sequence, show me something I've never seen before. Mm -hmm. And they showed some fun things that you've never quite seen before. They did not all of it, but some of it. Two or three continuous shot stuff, mm -hmm. which was I. I love a good continuous shot. Yeah. Well, the oneer. That's what it's. That's what it's lovingly called in the industry. What is it? The the oneer. Uh, oh, okay. Continuous yeah, shot yeah. or something. So the uh, the early one. It, no, no, no real spoilers yet. But there's just an early fight sequence um, with uh, uh, Nicole Kidman. Just, just flip kicking people like it's nobody's business. But the way that they they crane the camera around during that sequence is amazing. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's ninety nine percent CG, but it's it's a lot of fun to watch. And it was like entirely shot for a three D format. That yes. sequence, like I felt like I got kicked in the face, and we watched it in standard. <laughs> but it, uh, and that's unfortunate because, and that is the reason why a lot of like there are there are parts of it that don't look great. Um, I still hold an issue with a certain sequence from the trailer that I still think looks like trash, but that is because it's funny it is, though because that same scene 
I was looking for it when I knew that that was the scene that was coming up, yeah. and I actually thought it looked better. Wait, Though I would need more time to uh, I to when they're fighting, they're fighting in the ring of fire, whatever, yeah, and they, there is a pause, and then the crowd goes wild. Oh yeah, yeah. They're the just the turd animation that's on screen. Well, at you know that what? Time. You know what it is? Is it looked so bad in the trailer? That I think that they took whatever the original footage of people there, and they the ones who were right in the focus yeah. are real people again, and everything as it goes further Even from the so, it from doesn't the focus is more CGI. It doesn't look good enough. I'm not saying it looks good. I'm just saying it looked better. Okay, <laughs> I, I will agree with you that it is probably marginally better, <laughs> but it's it's still not good. No, because when I saw that the first time in the trailer, I laughed at it, and I, when I knew that that was the scene that was coming up, I specifically looked for it and I was like, oh, that's not as bad as it was. But a lot of the a lot of the sequences that were clearly done for like 3D effect, mm -hmm. are those are the ones that look really bad. Yeah, well, because it can be tough, and there's still too much CGI. Oh yeah. In these, you know what the funny thing is? I was watching a little bit of Phantom Menace the other day. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't seen much of that movie in actually a long time. Um, more of that was shot practically than in the other two prequel movies. Yeah. Not just Yoda puppet. Which no longer exists canonically, um, <laughs> but you—the thing is, you had a puppet. You know what I mean? <laughs> bad puppet. Go on. Bad puppet. Go on. <laughs> or more importantly, a different puppet. Right, that's the, the that's problem. The thing. That's if you're gonna do problem. a bad puppet, just make it the same bad puppet. Right. <laughs> Keep us consistent. Why does it have to be like? like it's like four hundred shades darker. Like <laughs> I should have said fifty. Uh, <laughs> fifty shades of green. Yeah. Um, That'd be a it's just a fucked up story. <laughs> it didn't mean to get into that whole tangent. Um, no, but the thing is, I've, I forgot, considering um, the entire second half, nearly the entire second half of episode two, and almost 100% of episode three is all CGI backgrounds. Yeah. I was surprised going back and seeing those entire sequences that are real backgrounds yeah. in episode one. Still a lot of the CGI stuff, but at least they were more judicious with it. Yeah. Like the scene out in the fields with the Gungans. Those are CGI characters. They have to be CGI. Right. I understand that. Um, but, like, the, the whole thing, like, in, like, the throne room and the hallways and stuff like that and in front yeah. of the fighters, the fighters are real props. Yeah. Uh, and if they shot that same scene in episode three, those wouldn't have even been on screen. Right. It would have been CGI. Mm -hmm. yeah. You don't actually ever see a real Jedi temple. No. <laughs> no, in the first one, I think some of the rooms are. Well, I hope like the, the room where the council is. Yeah, where six beanbag chairs are. I really hope that they could have some real effects. But the thing is, <laughs> when they do that later on, it wasn't. <laughs> six beanbag chairs. Oh my God. All of them shaped slightly differently. Yes. <laughs> All right, back to Aquaman. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so effects, some very visually stunning. And here's yeah. why. Here's this is there's a loophole that they found, and that is if we do an entire movie underwater so deep that no one has any idea what it could possibly look like, we can get away with this. But the thing Same is, thing as looked, Avatar. It, it looked good, though. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Good. For the, it did, for what the I'm saying part, is when they set everything on fire and Wonder Woman, it doesn't person, look good. Yeah. No, it looks I mean, like Ares looks horrible. Jesus. Anything that was not a person looked fantastic. Yes. The people themselves, not so great. Hit or miss, depending on the person. The hair. Yeah. Here's the, okay, let's talk about so hair. So you realize that there's a very obvious reason why they all have their hair up in buns and, yeah. and stuff like that, like because let's they're like, talk about this that. hair is not great. Exactly. So we have Willem Dafoe, who you know just makes everything better. Yes. But Willem Dafoe's I want to talk hair, about that. <laughs> his hair's in a bun. Yes. Solved it. We're gonna tie it back. It's not gonna move. Perfect. Majority of the time, we Orm as well. This. Yeah, Orm has the same thing. No, he doesn't. 
His hair is not long enough, and it is not in a bun. It's just slicked back. It looked like there's a pin it's, maybe in it. It's just and slicked back. I think it was one of those things where they may have done reshoots because they're actually at least one yeah. scene. You see him turn his head; it is tied it up. Looked like there's a, a pin or. But like, you're right. It, at other times, it is clearly just slicked back where my hair is, <laughs> and it's staying. Yes, and he's underwater. But there's also a couple of times where his hair is moving. How about this? How about in the final? What? Uh, no spoiler yet. There's obviously a final fight. It's a movie. Yeah. In the final fight, they're not in water, hair still slipped back, and then it isn't. <laughs> oh, at the very end when yes. the, the resolution happens? <laughs> well, because... Oh, that was the funny thing is all these actors must have had the worst dandruff after shooting this movie. Yeah. Because there's so many scenes where their hair is just clearly having just been wet. <laughs> yeah. And like, like everyone who had long hair, like Amber Heard, like Jason Momoa, like all of them, with the long hair that's in a perpetual state of you just got out of the yeah. water man their head, their scalp must have been fucked up after that <laughs> we gotta shoot another hose hit my with the hose <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine that's how they dealt with it yeah. guys we need a little bit more water you just see a jet of water from off screen stop <laughs> so why isn't Jason Momoa the new show person for Head and Shoulders you know <laughs> now that would have been a good job of cross branding yeah, yeah. that's okay uh we had talked a little bit about the graphics here, how the effects were pretty good for the, I want to talk for, about for the most part. You, since you just mentioned him, our appreciation of Willem Dafoe. Let's do it. That man gives 110%, no matter how ridiculous the role he is in. There are... I appreciate that. Okay, hang on. I, I really want to talk in depth about this. Let's pause on Willem Dafoe for one second. I figured there's something we could do pre-spoilers. Yeah, That's I want to get into spoilers with this okay. specifically. So, any notes pre-spoilers? Uh, Other than... It's you know what I was it was it was worth a watch I yeah, I enjoyed it and I will watch it again. Um, oh, oh, I do have one. Yeah, so I'm glad that they had the whole thing about their eyes seeing prettier colors mm. of things because I'm glad that Zack Snyder didn't mostly direct this movie because <laughs> <laughs> just in the dark. <laughs> you, know, you know that's <laughs> underwater would just be like that's an important fifty leagues under the sea or that's something. An important part of this that will probably be something we touch on pre and post spoiler. Uh, it's so obvious that Zack Snyder was holding all this back. And who would have thought that the guy who made Watchmen and the guy who made 300, mm-hmm. who like should be like ready and able to live in this medium, he's the one who's been holding it back. He's the one who's become a dinosaur. Yeah. He has not evolved and adapted with the times. Yeah, his yeah. color schemes are all it's not just the, It's not just the color schemes, though. It's that of aspect of it would be fine. It's something that, because Superman and the other, and the other movies... Are objectively bad. The color scheme is just the next thing that grates on you. Yeah. If the color scheme was what it was and they were good movies, it wouldn't matter. I suppose it would be the type of thing that where maybe you left. Oh, it's another gray palette thing, and then that's the end of it. You know what I'm saying? Well, the Nolan trilogy is is Nolan gray, and it's fun at times, but he still gives you more because it's not gray. It's that very like it's just Blue. like that dark. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, yeah. I mean, uh, dark maybe, ominous. But colors. 300, 300, I'm bringing up as an example. Every single scene that's not at night, it's all that same orangey dark color the entire time. Burnt yeah. Sienna. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, like the single, like the three color palette. Yes. That used but it wasn't that way. There was a little bit more heightened to the color in Watchmen because blues yeah. come through big I'm time. Saying, but in Superman, in Man of Steel, it was like that. But that's not even mm-hmm. what I'm talking about is visually. I mean, from the aspect of this was able to strike a dark tone at times, but it didn't just beat you over the head with a hammer. They mixed it up. 
and it leaned into giving you just enough of a, of a safety valve to release the pressure that you needed. Because this is undoubtedly a cheesy-ass movie. You need some wine. You need mm, some wine with the cheese. Yeah. Um, but it, it's cheesy and it owns it. Instead of... Because the thing is, some of the, the, the other movies in the DC, they're cheesy. Despite, like, you know what I mean? Like the, and it's like, oh, well, we just can't help it. Like, we're cheesy. We're just bad writers. This yeah. leaned into it. Oh, yeah. And, like, winked at the camera. Not so overtly as Deadpool. I but will... if you're going to do that, own it. Make the, the, the crappy joke. On purpose, the laugh selfie, with the us rather sequence. than having everyone laugh at you. Yes, yeah. something like that. You know, some of the things where it's you know where you've reached that level where you're threatened to be overwhelmed by how ridiculous the movie is because it is a ridiculous movie, yep. and you'll have Arthur Curry be us in the moment, right? Where he, he cracks a joke about it, like the whole fish out of water thing. Like, just own it. Like, mm-hmm. if you're gonna be ridiculous, you can take yourself too seriously. If you then follow it up with. Guys, listen, we know. We're, we're being a little bit more serious than we yeah. need to. Because they're at 100% all the time taking itself too seriously with all the Snyder-directed movies. Mm-hmm. With no outlet to relieve the stress. So it's to the point where it becomes a chore to watch the movies. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. There's a... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> and it's the same thing with the, with the Patty Jenkins-directed Wonder Woman. Not in the cheesy aspect of it, but they gave you a little bit of humor and they mixed it up like... The, the emotion and the tension felt real, and that was your outlet, was it's not put on. Let's, let's talk about that for a second. With um, It's not put on, yes. But, but, okay. Because it's there's becoming wooden in all of the Snyder ones. There's something going on here, though, which the, 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 movie, the movie is not without its issues. No, no, but, no, no but there is right. enough good here that it merits discussion. Yeah, absolutely. So, but here's one thing that I thought was interesting is that the Aquaman suffers from pilot syndrome. Like a pilot episode of a series is never good at times. Um, a so wait, no, Aquaman. Aquaman. Okay. Is suffering suffers from it. Okay. Wonder Woman didn't really. Maybe a little bit here and there. Um, they oftentimes the issue that you get with the, with the pilot of a show is the rushed introduction of characters and storyline just because they have a story they want to tell but they need to get to it faster because they don't have enough time because they know you'll lose your interest right and they need to they need to hook you right away and like give you enough backstory that well, actually, they actually just the opposite then it doesn't suffer from that it's it committed to the it bit does. through the first 15 minutes of the movie it's a, well it's a, it, that's a thing though they, it committed to that bit it did the it was doing a true origin story at the beginning of the movie um which however, it needs to do some of it it does it was actually too long. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's just the opposite. It was, but it was it was too long and too fast. It jumped very sporadically for the first 15 minutes of the movie. Of like, I was worried watching that the whole first thing. Jump and make sure we understand who they are. Okay, this is where he came from. Okay, this is why he doesn't know who his mom is. Okay, this is like, and, and that's for 15 minutes of the movie. Well, this the biggest like, thing is that it's herky jerky, right? Because it spent so much time on one aspect of it, and then it was. Jumps forward to him being a kid, and then it's like a 90-second sequence, and then it's present day! Right, right. Uh, oh, the present day thing really I know, the title card. But uh, the the thing here, though, that I thought was interesting was, like, as I'm watching it, I was like, oh, none of these scenes need to be this long. These would be really great Or this one would have been better if it was a little longer. (laughs) Or this would be really... This is great flashback material to do once we've already established the story. Sometimes, uh, pacing can be... Pacing is, is a difficult thing for... Any movie. No, but in particular, right, the prologue pacing was 
all over the map. Right. Some and sections of it were way too long. Some of it was probably too short. Sometimes when you have an action and none of flick it was smooth. and and like that's over the top action, you can actually use those backstory fill-ins as a reset time, which I love. I which like. They when end that up happens. doing later in the movie, right. and that was the better part of the origin story aspect, which because they cut it up rather than giving you yes, some, like Venom, like giving you fifty percent of the movie is set up and origin story, and then fifty percent of the movie mm-hmm. is resolution of a problem that was only introduced halfway through the movie. Right. It feels like it's two episodes of a TV show instead of one movie. The thing is that what's craziest to me is they they went the route of let's make let's make um, Justice League and Batman v Superman right like let let's dive in with established characters that we haven't established yet. Now they're going back and they're doing the origin story. We they, don't. They needed to do these movies between um, Batman v Superman. And, and yeah, they absolutely did. But uh, so here's the thing, though, is or whatever. With or still before Batman v Superman. <laughs> right. Well, well, sure, but they didn't. That too. Though, but what I'm saying is, once they decided, hey, we're going to tease the existence of these couple of people and this and that. If they had done these movies in between that and Justice League, it's a better fit. So yeah. Al, Al mentioned the present day tag that comes up at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> this is something that really bothered me, and that is. The movie starts off. Um, it's a with the origin story that I'm mentioning, and it, we get like like three maybe state or two states of Arthur's life. Well, three, three. before him, at him, <laughs> and, and and then not few, during him. A few years later, uh, and then a few years later, and then and then the first time that we see. It, I mean, I have to go back and watch it, and I'm really hoping that I'm wrong. But the first time that we have like an establishing shot at the bottom of the screen of where we are, it says present day. Which doesn't, if you don't have a previous time frame, those words don't mean anything. Yes, if if the first scene said 1985, somewhere on the main coast, or something like that, and then it said present day, okay. The actual, (laughs) appropriate thing, that that what they were supposed to probably say was, 25 years later. Yes. That's that's what it should have said, because then you could watch the movie whenever you want. And have an idea of how old he was. (laughs) Right, it it makes makes no sense at all. And that bothered me, and... um, the, uh, other, another non-spoiler piece: the location string at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> he left in fifty percent of the. I movie. I slow turned Al three or four times throughout this movie. It's like somewhere in the Atlantic, somewhere in the Indian Ocean. Don't don't say anything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't that does not add anything. Well, the thing what is, is doing, and then and then there was one that was very specific, and I was like, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't mean anything. Well, the thing. Oh, the one was Sicily, Italy. <laughs> the north. The north. Uh, some, no, because it, it was somewhere in the North Sea. Right. Oh, it was a somewhere one. Yes. Okay. Um. No, but the thing and is, Sicily. I laughed. Like, cool. I laughed at the first one, and then I kind of semi retracted the laughter because it's like. Okay, it's another ocean. It's another ocean. Yeah, that actually makes sense once you see all of that. You know what I mean? Um, but it's funny seeing it the first time. But yeah, after going from like somewhere in time and space, somewhere in time and space, present day, uh, Sicily, yeah. Italy, right. <laughs> you get you get one. Yeah, and it's funny and cute, and then but you don't get twelve. But why why couldn't we have a somewhere in 1995 Jurassic Park? Because <laughs> yeah. I swear when they get out of uh, that, we're still pre-spoilers. No, well, it's, that, that, okay, that's okay. Well, let's not uh, talk about specifically uh, where it is, but there are little raptors running around at one yes. point. And, and pterodactyls. <laughs> and they spared no expense. <laughs> so, anything other pre-spoilers? Sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, There's just one thing that can be Go ahead. pre-spoilers. Um, what did you guys think about the score of this movie? Because by all rights, it should have bothered me, right? Is that one, what you're getting at? Well, no. no well, one specific. <laughs> he, he had a wham sound that probably should have bothered me. But it was less offensive than the one it that was. Wonder Woman has. Um, 
No, I think it was funny that I liked the component parts of the score, but they didn't necessarily click together well no. because you had like a big soaring, like bombastic theme that they used under the sea sometimes. Yeah. And if they'd done like a separation of this is the under the sea stuff, this is on the on land stuff, that would make sense. But we had the big stuff because they kept doing that that big like march mm-hmm. sound, especially when something big was going on. But then they had a chase scene that was straight out of a 1980 sci-fi thriller. <laughs> also under the sea. <laughs> and like, there was also other... And sadly, no, under the sea. Yeah, <laughs> there was that. also... <laughs> though you did call one of the crab people Sebastian. I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, spoiler alert, guys. <laughs> no, so they had like sections of orchestral score that were good, a fit for... Yeah. It was a, like a dark, but it was also like a big, like, you know, momentous one. And then you had... Well, that was like 45% of the score, and then another 45% of the score is 80s electronic sci-fi thriller, and then the final, well I guess maybe we'll call it 47%, 47%, and the last couple of percentage points is the worst rendition of Toto's Africa I was gonna by say, Pitbull. You, you, you left out the Buster Rains down in Africa. When we, we uh, <laughs> so I, I still turned you is, on that one. <laughs> it took you a minute to figure out what it was. No, oh, no, no. Terrible. I actually figured out right away, and I was like, "Is this happening? Yeah, is this happening? happening?" And then it happened, and I just went, "Yeah." Because it wasn't like I, at first, I because I heard something about Pipple Africa before we saw. Like I saw it last night, and I was like, "God damn it!" And then a song starts playing, and I was like. It sounds like Africa. I was like, oh no, Why Pitbull's gonna ruin Africa. Don't do this. Yeah. And not only did Pitbull ruin Africa, but he didn't even do a cover of Africa. He just sampled it and yep. then had some girl singing the chorus yeah. in the midst of his bad song. Like all of his songs? Well, yeah. sure. In the Sahara. Yeah. At least he didn't say Mr. Worldwide. Which what if he said, if he said Mr. Under worked. the Sea, it would have corrected the entire issue? <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. Uh no, that was bad. Yeah. All right, let's list the veil okay. now. That was we the last are, thing we are in spoiler territory. territory. I'm we going don't have to worry about to, anything. Go to, on. Uh, Go to I, I swear, Jurassic when they, Park. When they, I, and I looked at Anthony for this, is when they emerged from the, the Mario Trace there. I was like, why aren't we getting the Jurassic Park theme song? Because I thought this was going. I thought, what's his name? There's even an executive bathroom over there. Executive bathroom's over there. You know, the doctor's going to say, as they all get out of there. Because, look, there's... There's dinosaurs now. <laughs> that the, was. They said this is the core of the Earth, but it's it's water and land and not molten rock as we know the core mm-hmm. of the Earth is. And then there's dinosaurs there. I'm like, yes. Fuck it. Why not? Yeah. You do you. Yeah, I do it. Science is clear. It's not like you know. It's out the window. Yeah. You know what? Science. Hang on. Let's 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 go down this rabbit hole for a second with the science. Our completely meaningless villain. Hey, I had something here gets, that said, is Manta necessary? No. <laughs> Short answer, he is not. Uh, our completely meaningless villain gets all this crazy tech from the Atlanteans and then, and then takes it, it apart. Yeah. I, that actually didn't bother it me. It bothered me. It didn't bother you? No, specifically for a reason. Me. Because if you Good think man. about it, if you think about it, I, when you first were like, I was, I was there with you, but then I was thinking back, like looking at it, this is a guy, th- that type of guy, someone who is has, like, training of, like, being, like, in that sort of quick reaction, like, type of uh, military training, um, but is a guy who isn't under a military banner, who is a pirate who they have their own ship that they've stolen and they have all this stuff. Those types of guys tend to adapt whatever stuff they find in the But field. how could he sure. possibly know how to change the technology it? technology centuries ahead. Yeah. And he hooks up to his MacBook. Yeah. 
I've got I, issues. <laughs> I imagine there was... Well, sure. But you have to suspend... He the also opened it and the plasma poured out. Yes. It's broken now. <laughs> that is the whole sus- thing. Also, the only explanation... I operate under the fact that even though he doesn't have a PhD from MIT, yeah. he is a smart dude in his realm of... And he's technically adept, obviously, with the stuff that they've they've been working with. You saw the stuff that they were using was pretty advanced at the very beginning of the movie, despite not being Atlantean. Um, so I understand a little they bit... They helped him get that, This too, is though. the type of thing that I gripe... Sure, but they still figure out how to use it. This is the type of thing that I gripe with, too, and I originally was thinking about it, but when you think about it, like when you t- they said to him, this is experimental stuff, we haven't rolled it out, they didn't bring himself size to fit him. So he has to figure out how to adapt it to work with him okay. because it's made for Atlantean physiology. Understand? Had it's one, not one size. One hell of a rivet gun too. Did you see that thing? The only <laughs> the only teaching they give him though is pour sea foam water, sea yeah. water on this, create giant plasma explosion. Well, considering that's that's all strike, I needed. but the thing yeah. is, considering it, it actually is consistent because despite the fact that they didn't show it on screen, he probably is being coached by that because that strike force was given to him to use at his discretion. Mm-hmm. Those guys must be with him off screen. No, that's understand? true. That's fair. They, but but that, that, and I that's thought about that fault, while we were though. watching it. They could have. Yeah, I think it was more that. about they want to show you him doing the stuff, and also it's a tight, compact room. It it is. It has. It's they also couldn't up. have shown us. <laughs> this was like Balon Greyjoy from Game of Thrones, or excuse me, Euron Greyjoy creating a thousand ships in a month because this yeah. guy had what a few hours. Well, to that part of it actually entire suit together. <laughs> that was actually the thing that bothered me the most. Was I was thinking that same thing. I was like, yeah. wait, he's been working on this for like four hours. Yes. That's a little short. If they gave him like a week long montage working on it, okay, for. Every line of cheese in the movie, you can you laugh it off, right? But for whatever line of reason, cheese, are we snorting the cheese now? Like the, for, for every for whatever reason, though, when he said, "I'm gonna need a bigger helmet," I was just like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. Um, let's talk about one of the. Uh, well, that was the opportunity. The issue thing, with this man. This is one of our favorite things to talk about. What the Manta sequences, despite the fact that I thought he specifically did a pretty good job in the role mm-hmm. when, when he's outside the suit, because. Yeah. They modulated his voice so much that it could have been anyone. Yeah. Bane. Um, it was definitely... Sorry, not to, not to segue for a quick second. The final sequence of him meeting his demise is clearly a prop that they strapped a GoPro <laughs> to and threw off a cliff, which was, which was great. <laughs> which also made me a little upset that he survived after all that, because there's no way anyone survives that. No. Go on. But what were you going to say? Yeah. The thing that we like to talk about, this is a, a long-ish movie, which is fine. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that you can tighten. Yeah, I actually, that was the thing that I mentioned. It's unfortunate because he was actually he was good. His character and he was interesting. He had a decent backstory. He would have been that would have been a great front and center character. They actually, you know what they could have done if they wanted to skip an origin story and just let you believe Aquaman is an established character. They could have made him the villain and gone with that Mm -hmm. and just used. Well, it's a clear setup for a potential sequel if it is to exist. It is, but it didn't need to be. There was no reason... There was really no reason for it. Well, the other thing is... This one... Has an issue. And to a certain extent, I guess Wonder Woman has it as well. And I don't think it's something we discussed at the time. Because I'm just thinking about it now because I have this point of comparison. Um, Black Manta would be a better origin story villain. Because the stakes are lower. He's now the Ocean Master. Yeah. Mere mortals should not be able to touch Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. He's already... Well, no, that stuff is funny. Um, <laughs> but he's already reached the highest level. The only thing that could affect him now is something more on the cosmic scale, like a Steppenwolf type of character yeah. or a Dark Side or whoever. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, going back to something so small, he's ascended. He's peaked <gasps> too early. Bless. You. It was a sneeze. Yeah. Bless you. 
I also wasn't sure. Imagine, <laughs> my, imagine my confusion. Sneeze. I thought you were just doing karate. <laughs> no. He peaked too early. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about him. A little okay. more, a little more. Okay, actually, I'm gonna dive right into one other thing that really pissed me off about Manta. What really grinds your gears? What really grinds my gears? Something really badass is when those blades came out. Yes. Boing, right? Until the blades went back movie. in, and he's just freely bending his arms. Those blades were each way too long, two to three feet long. <laughs> And he, where did they go? They weren't retractable. No, blades. you know what? It was probably only slightly too long. So I'm like looking at my arm, like it was the blade was probably like it was too long. That much, regardless. But it, it was, was too close long. enough. You know what I mean? Like it, it was not close enough. Yeah. It, no, because it was like this long when he cut it in half. It was as long no, as it needed no. to be in the scene. <laughs> no, the one that he snapped in half was the other one that he had in his hand. It wasn't the one that was in the sheath that came because he because. At first, he just did the thing, and then he pulled the other blade. Oh, I and thought he was had holding two. It. The one on his arm was on the left arm, and then he was holding mm. one, and he was swinging both of them. And okay. he grabbed, he caught the one that he was swinging, snapped it in half, and then he only had the forearm gotcha. blade on the other. That was a little shorter. That being, it was yeah. shorter, but it was still not short enough. You want, you but it was like it was in the margin of error. You want to talk about another what grinds my gears scene? Is there in a torpedo room and he shoots <laughs> launcher? Yes. At, Torpedoes. You want to talk about the thing that like that, that makes breaks no immersion? sense. Well, That's what pissed me off when we were watching. It's like, yeah, it's guys, listen. If you're a strike force, like this isn't like just a generic pirate that's like, yeah. trolling the high seas. That was a specific mission that they were going into. You're not bringing grenades on that fucking mission no. going into yeah. a submarine no. because these guys are really smart and good at their job. They know if that grenade goes off, you are also not bringing the dead man switch from Terminator Two with yes. you. What is that? Why do you the have? Funny thing was, why do you have these that, things? That the funny thing is, is, it killed your son as he's ten feet away from you. Right. right. Well, no. The whole point of that he brought it was to force the son to leave. No, I know, but still, he sets it off when the guy, when he's slogging through water. Well, like. I will say, I will say the both the grenade and that thing was like the twenty one jump treat thing, where it was like these these explosions are way too small for what they are. Both of those things would have gone off much bigger than they yeah. did yeah. on screen. Usually, movies take like the thing that like. Should blow up a little bit over there, like a car, and it takes and down it like a city block. Yeah, <laughs> These were the reverse, where it's like, Damn wait, it. that explosion's way too small for that bomb. You know, it's crazy. It's funny that you said. The, sorry, brief, no. but it's funny that you said the Terminator Two because I didn't even think about that. The Dead Man Switch. Um, <laughs> what I thought of when he did it, like he just like lifts it and like clicks the thing on, and it's doing the countdown, and it looks off. I actually thought Predator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was what I was thinking. When he does the thing and he starts laughing with the with the bomb, that was the first thing I That's thought fair. of. Not the Terminator Two. That's one. fair. The uh, no, Miles Dyson. Click. I don't know how much longer I can hold this. <laughs> uh, the the other thing that bothered me was they tried to make it. They did this was they were using good music at the wrong time during <laughs> that scene because they tried to make you care with the music and what was going on about the characters and you're like. No, these are straight up bad guys. There's no redemption here. Why yeah. do I give a shit? Well, I did yeah. find myself conflicted within. I was like, huh, that's surprising where they're going right to the I don't, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you line, which they ripped off from the wrong Batman. Um, and then I was like, no, he just watched them murder the shit out of a bunch of people who weren't doing anything. This seems right. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, that's, like, that's the thing. It's like, yeah. you got to save him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. First off, you just don't tell me, me what to do. Yeah. Second off, you just tried no. to murder the shit out of me, too. You just killed 17 people in this little <laughs> room. Would you just fire in a gun again, all willy-nilly, yes. in the submarine? <laughs> no, but at least that is within the realm of possibility. Sure, but like fires and circuitry. But grenades? And... No. No. With torpedoes next to them. 
Yeah, it's not just grenades. Yes. Grenades in the torpedo room. Yeah, let's, <laughs> talk, let's talk about another SMR. issue with this grenade that hit him in the chest. We're pretty early in the movie. Um, I don't know about you guys. I've got no. I've got nothing to go on for Aquaman. What? I don't know what his I was powers about are. That too, yeah, I don't know exactly. The how thing is, they, he they, is. they were showing the first thing. He pulls up the thing and to block. He pulls up the the, the, the hatch to block the bullets. Right, stealing from Captain America. Um, and then you know he throws shot it. in the face. Well, the, 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 that was the thing I was confused about because they start they show some shooting, but they've been they made sure to cut it in such a way that you're not actually sure if he's being hit by the bullets at first. Right. And then they shot that with a quick cut, and I wasn't sure if he shot him right in the face or. If he kind of dodged it and went right past him, but there was no corresponding ping. So I'm like, but is he getting shot or not? I don't know if it's just he's super strong. Yeah. Is he impenetrable? And then they show him and not getting stabbed. He right. gets stabbed hard, which at that point, when you when you stab someone really hard and it doesn't even prick the skin, that's the time to lay down the sword and say, well, okay, yes. you win. That is also, that that's definitely a thing that bothered yeah. me because that happened so quickly that I was like, why are you still trying to attack him? Yes. Um, but you've already lost. That was the scene <laughs> that did our establishing. But that's within that's within the margin of error. That's in the first opening sequence. We okay. get an idea of what his that's, abilities but, are. But, but, but by the by the end, though, these are the things that I well they they did use some words. Uh, something was that you? That was me. Oh, that's fine. They did use some words <laughs> to help explain this a little bit. What, the first thing that makes sense to me is the super strength out of water because like, you could imagine like you're built for a strength underwater, which it would take. Pressure more of the pressure. Right, yeah. yeah. So, okay, that's kind of cool, but it's over-exaggerated. I guess if you then take into account the depths of the ocean, yeah. then okay, I'll allow it, right? But then you probably shouldn't be that strong underwater. Correct. It's weird. Then it's like, then it's, it's his, um, his, his skin, which is uh, 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 adamantium. Uh, he <laughs> he didn't like nothing yeah. happened. Well, it's to like him. Wonder Woman. Well, too, no, that's not true. Right? When he finally that. has the Atlantean steel, he gets sliced. Right. Yeah. And bleeds. Sure. Dumb. <laughs> Here's the thing. No, because that was like his crypt, uh, his like kryptonite. But, like. Okay, we're talking about like a a sharp, the sharp the, the the sword that stabs him in the chest to begin with. Didn't. It's not like it bent. It just didn't go through. This is this is bad physics. This is bad yeah. fake physics. There was definitely some in- inconsistencies. And it's like, it's it's just it's it's really dumb. The, <laughs> it, it just bothered me that uh, it's like there's really no full explanation except for when she finally explains the pressure thing. I was like, okay, I will <coughs> to allow myself to get through the rest of this movie. I will just assume that that is the reason he can do all of these other things. Yeah. And I, I made my peace with that, knowing that I wasn't gonna get any more. <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, I actually put a note here about establishing the rules, right? Yeah. They establish a set of rules over the course of the movie for certain things. You leaving? Yeah. I told you uh, we were going to make it a thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I trying to Wait. gracefully exit. Wait. Don't go. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, cousin. Love you too, cousin. Uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> at least take your glass with you. Yeah, I'll do that. Savage. Yeah. Just gonna clean up after you? you Peanut gallery out. <laughs> nice. I like that you own it at least. <laughs> um, they, they, they make some effort to establish rules over the course of the thing. And I like it because we're in a, in a society that's not quite like ours. You know, we see there's, um, there's a king, right? There's something of a political body, but it seems like also this was kind of one of those like warrior type cultures where it's the king is, I mean, wait, listen, our president is also the commander-in-chief, right? But it's a more direct thing where, like, he rides into battle with and everything. It's yeah. a warrior culture where he's king, he's politician, and he's general all in one. 
Um, but it's also very futuristic, and even though it has callbacks to those old styles of living, there's also some very new things. There's not quite an election process, but there is these well-defined rules about how one Trial can... Trial by combat, circle of fire. Trial by combat, <laughs> the circle of fire, stuff like that. And they don't bog you down with too much explanation of all these things, but they give you enough to go on, which mm-hmm. is good. Um, but the problem is, over the life of the movie, as they establish different sets of rules for different sets of things, they do ultimately, as you're alluding to, they break some of those rules yeah. in unclear ways. Um, I was good with the whole thing with him getting cut by the Atlantean seal thing. That makes sense to me. What broke it for me was he gets stabbed by something later uh, during that fight with Black Manta. I don't remember what it was that he got stabbed with. Wasn't it the knife? That, but he got stabbed by something else too that was in the town. Oh. And I thought there were two different times that he got stabbed. One was with a knife and one was with something that was on the suit. He got, but there was one. I don't remember what it was now. Uh, he got stabbed with something or hit with something that hurt him. Oh, okay. Good. That's it's a like mistake, then. It's like that's kind <laughs> of a mistake because it doesn't matter that's being used by it to hit him. It shouldn't pierce his skin. Right. If you want to, I'm good with if he gets, you know, if if he the suit allows him to pick up a car and smack him with the car and that sends him flying. The strength aspect of it, sure, but as far as penetrating his skin, yeah. If you if you make it a self-contained thing where their plasma stuff and their Sword specifically cut through Atlantean physiology. I'm good with that. That's self-contained. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, I don't remember what it was. I can't even remember the specific part of that sequence. He gets stabbed, I think, by something, um, and it it's not one of the Atlantean items. Mm. And I was like, mm, you lost me a little on that one. It's just like I don't mind you giving me this set of rules that don't fit with the way we understand, you know, science and physics and physiology and all that stuff. Just be consistent with it. That's the only thing I ask of it. You know what I mean? Establish a rule and then stick to that rule and I'm good. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. Yeah, you're right. I can can suspend my beliefs for a second and just assume certain things, but you can't give it to me and then contradict it in the next scene. Yeah. That's a mistake on your part. You need to do a little bit more homework there. That's fair. Um, now that we're in the post-spoiler territory, let's let's dive right back into the Willem Dafoe thing because this is what this is what I why I paused you. There were three things that happened in the movie that uh, well that I immediately immediately guessed, and on one of them I was wrong. So when Willem Dafoe came on screen the first time, I was like, "Oh, you're going to die." Then, <laughs> then well, I think that's mostly a Willem Dafoe thing, right? It was, and he didn't not, die. Not quite to the level of a Liam Neeson say. But he also has his fair share of on-screen deaths. But, but he he has his... He is also someone that when he shows up, I expect he will die. He has his on-screen death in this exact role. Yeah, that too. You know? Like he... But, yeah, I mean, like, I think, like, upper class is... It's Liam Neeson and Sean Bean. They, right. The two of them are the title holders. They will die <laughs> 95% of the time when you watch them in a movie. Um, and then there's other characters that die often enough that um, you don't have to suspend disbelief... Right. You know that they're gonna die, and Willem Dafoe exists in that secondary category of people who I expect you'll probably die by the end of this movie. <laughs> yeah, no, he and he, I was, I was convinced from the minute I saw him. I was like, oh, he's like a kind of a mentor. The only connection he has to this world. That's the other thing. He's too. gonna die, <laughs> uh, and it's gonna mean something. Yes. And then there's gonna be a vengeance thing. Uh, didn't happen. I was pleasantly surprised. The other thing was, uh, as soon as that bracelet went on, Amber heard. I was like, oh, that's Dragon Vice. Oh, see, I didn't actually no. do that. I was with you on the dying thing. I was going to lean over to you and be like, that's a dragon device. 
guys. <laughs> and but I, I should have done it. It would have made it so much better. Uh, so there was that, and then there was the the first time that they said your mom's dead. I was like, no, she's not. Yes. And then they said it seventeen and a half more times. And I was like, okay, you're really. You're really. It's weird that everyone's definitely talking. dead, guys. It's er- He's definitely dead. That's one of those ones where it's weird if so- if everyone all the time is talking about an off-screen death. You know what I mean? <laughs> when everyone all the time talks about an on-screen death, it's one of those things where it's just re- it's reaffirming that thing. Right. But when you don't see it happen, but everyone keeps talking about it, it's probably not true. <laughs> and like, not a single person was like, "She's probably dead." If none of you saw it with your own eyes, that wasn't even one of those scenes where like. Oh, she probably didn't survive. Like, right. the Black Manta thing. Right. You know, oh, I doubt he's walking away from that one. It's just, she's not coming back. Guys. What was the, there was a line, he, he, when, he, uh, when he meets his demise and he falls off the cliff, they say something along those lines about him like, well, he's done, or something along those lines. Oh! And that, I just turned to you and I was like, no, he's not. Yeah, we both, we both did, it was when they were on the boat after he wakes back up, yeah. and she goes, well, he's behind us now. It's like, no, he's not. No. I mean, physically, yes, you left him back <laughs> yeah. there when you got on the so boat. So distance is concerned, <laughs> he is reverse. Because <laughs> the thing is, uh, while the sequence was going, I was like, oh, that's a pretty brutal death. Although they didn't really give it the regard it deserved. Right. So I did have a little... And then when she said, well, that's behind us now, I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> With the body, though. But as far as the Willem Dafoe thing, um, he... there. I don't remember the line now. I tried to remember, but there was just so many freaking lines in the movie, because it's a long movie. Um, when, when we find out that he's part of the resistance, when Mira brings him to underwater safe house, that was very not safe. Um, and we first find out that Volko's training of him when he was a young man was, was, uh, a long-term investment that he was here as part of it. And he tells him the story of King Atlan's, um, trident, all that sort of thing. There's a line he delivers where he's just like, he gives that Willem Dafoe face, and he's like, gets him, and he's like excited, and he's like, you know, where he gets a little bug eyed, and he's yeah. like, baring his teeth. Like yep. he says a line, I'm like, man, this guy sells it a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> and this is a ridiculous movie, and he's been in a bunch of things that are yep. ridiculous. But he is a professional. He's never, he has never no once phoned what, it in, not once. No matter how <laughs> absurd the thing he's being in. And the thing is, the people who sign up to this sort of movie, at this point, you know what you're getting into. So yeah, to a certain extent, they'll all live up to it nowadays. Yep. Barring a certain actor here and there. Um, but, the, like, for the... Every, there's occasional scene where you can see the facade slips with a couple of the actors. Yeah. But for the most part, like, that, that that man is in character no matter what. To the point where he even probably tries too hard. Yeah. I respect that. Yeah, me too. He's... Like, he's Spider-Man, those... his role in Spider-Man is ridiculous. Yes. And he gets... He's like, fine, you want to give me something ridiculous? I'm going to give you something more ridiculous when I say that fucking line. Like, I think- I'm going to jump on this thing with my shirt off yeah. and do the thing <laughs> as Norman Osborn. Like, like, yes, hissing, he- like, the laughing things that he does. Like, oh my god. But the thing like, is, he's he's one of those people that I, I, I feel like I don't know anything about Willem Dafoe. I feel he's like, a I feel like he is a... He, he respects the trade. I feel like he... He understands that he's in a good spot, and he's, instead he's, of being arrogant or douchey about it, he he owns it in the best possible way. He just he like I don't know I, I could be completely wrong. I don't know much interviews with him. He just I just I want to believe he just seems like a nice guy. To me. Well, he's another guy who reminds me kind of like a, a Gary Oldman, where he's just never quite up until very recently Gary Oldman never quite gotten the due he's deserved. Mm. Whereas he's been kind of he's been in 
some starring roles in smaller things. But most of the time when you see him in a bigger thing, he's on the fringes somewhere. It's weird. And he just always comes and does his job. And he just seems like he knows his place. I feel like with Gary Oldman, I just get a, not a lot, not like a a bad amount, just like a tinge of arrogance. Where I don't feel that way I don't way think so, actually. When you, when you look at, especially when you look at all the, the interviews and everything, and around him, when he His won the award. His were amazing. It's just the opposite of yeah, that, actually. So, I don't I don't think so. That's true. I think you're getting just a British vibe. From it's, uh, that's very possible. <laughs> but, uh, well, you know what it is? Uh, we're talking about he doesn't focus. You know he's who, always given 100%. You know who is a little arrogant, even though I love him? Uh, is Hugo Weaving. Mm. Just a smidge. Yeah. Where he's like, I think it's him chafing it. Like, I know I could do... More and be more. Yeah. Like, why won't you let me? Let me be more. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. But it, well, when he's on screen, though, I still feel like he gives 100% the way those two guys do. Have you ever... Yes, yeah. Have you ever seen Boondock Saints? Yes. Okay, so that is... This is the... It's early. Um, it's an earlier movie for him. Not for him. That's right. basically smack down in the middle. Is it the middle? I guess it is the middle. You're right. I mean, the first thing chronologically that I'm aware of him being in is Platoon. And he has right. a starring well, that's, role that's like, in that. What year is that? It's like 86 it or something like that. Well, okay, so Boondock Saints not... It was... Early, 99? Early, ni- is it that late in the 90s? I think it's 99. Or maybe it's 97. It's early. I feel like it's uh, maybe mid-90s. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Anyway. It, w- okay, then the, actually that makes us even better. Because he is... By this point, then, he has had some... He has He's had some roles. And we know who he is. We know he's good. This man played Jesus Christ. There's no, there's no reason... There's no reason for him to give that good of a performance in Boondock Saints. Um, no, because the thing is that 1999, that sort of movie specifically is called, he likes doing these little roles because that's so his wheelhouse. He, oh, and also the other thing is like, that role. that role is a particular role. Boot like, Saints? Yes. Yeah. That is a particular role. He seeks out what he finds interesting, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, this movie is a paycheck movie. The, so he could do a movie like that. He's it, the only guy getting paid in that movie. He's the only one anyone knew in that that's movie. That's true. It, the, the, it was a firefight line from it was a firefight it was a firefight <laughs> like it's it's so good i man boondock say we haven't done that that's they one that we've talked dress, about that's one of my favorite they movies. had him dress up as a woman and seduce another man yes and when he kills that person he looks genuinely shook he looks genuinely something i don't know if shook is the word mm, it's shook i think he got off on it no he's a there's a it could be perceived that way, I guess. But there's, there's, there's a, there's, I was gonna say there's heavy breathing involved. <laughs> he but looks it's, like he it's got more, off. It, it seems more like a nervous, like a nerves thing. Like he had the nerve to finally do it. Uh, I don't know. It was. It's. Oh my god. We have to do Boondock Saints. <laughs> I love that movie. Um, yeah, but it's those those three things. I was. I'm, I'm glad that he didn't die. Yes. They respected him enough. Genuinely surprised. Um, but those other two things, I was like, this is just. I like, mean, he had the opportunity to be the Obi Wan, right? Where it's the, the mentor yeah. who takes him under his wing and. Sacrifices himself or his pays the price you for. You are the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm an Alkin Asobi one. <laughs> um, I have a I have a topic here. Hit me. Um, and I titled it "Pay Your Surgeon Very Well to Break the Spill of Aging." <laughs> so this is about how the because the there was DC, a lot of discussion about this in the car on the way. The DCEU is far behind Marvel at the MCU in, like, in a everything. lot of ways. Basically Most all. in all ways, um, you could just add this to the list, and that is their anti-aging tech. Because for the first fifteen minutes of the movie, that man's a cartoon, and that cartoon is his dad. That cartoon is Django Fett, uh, who, as soon as he showed up on screen as him in present day, you knew who. So it was. helpful from the title card, uh, I knew who it was. 
And he walked up and was like, is that Jingle Fit? And then he said his first line. I was like, that's Jingle, Jingle Fit. <laughs> but the thing is, he was in the whole first sequence immediately preceding that. Yeah. Had you no did, idea it was no him. Idea. Also, the, like, the voice, the accent sounded different. Yeah. Which is why I was convinced <laughs> well, it was a different actor. Maybe they did a different voice. He could have put on a different voice for that to you know, be him being a younger man versus an older man, but it was like, I honestly didn't Less think of him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, Nicole Kidman, the thing with her is, with him, I think they used some sort of CGI. They did. With her, I think they put some prosthetic on her face. Mm, interesting. Because when, she, when they first zoomed in on her, after she washes up, after he starts putting her up and she wakes up and they're talking, her face doesn't look right when it's moving. It looks stiff. Yeah. Like when you see people who, it's usually the other way around, when they use aging prosthetics or a prosthetic to make someone look fat, like like Gary Oldman when he was playing with some Churchill, stuff like that, it looked like there's some sort of like puttying that was going on on her face that mm. didn't like, she was struggling to not move it so much or it wouldn't crack. Rather That's than what made it, it like, like super smooth or something. Yes. Like, yeah, that was weird. That, that I, honestly, I was too... Still I was too distracted a, by the guy that I didn't even notice that. Still not as offensive as the Henry Cavill stash. Oh my god. But still bad. It's... it's just... Just don't. <laughs> just pick somebody... <laughs> just don't. Get someone that looks like him. Like, you can do that. Like, it's a thing. There's a lot of fucking people I in the world. I thought they did. <laughs> you, you did. You thought... And I'm, I'm glad that you thought that. I The entire time I was like, this is not... There's something... Why does he kind of look like Wayne Newton? Yes, it's because he did. his face is completely fake, and that was the problem. He looked like Polynesian Wayne Newton. It was... <laughs> That's exactly the way. I'm so glad that you caught that as well. Uh, it was bad. Yeah, it was really bad, and to the point where I mentioned it to you in the theater, and you're like, "No, it's a different actor." And I, I did. Like, mm, I was convinced. That's, a, that's the same guy, and it's trash. Uh, <laughs> that was that was unfortunate. Yeah, but anti-aging tech. Not as good in the DCEU. Um, Sorry, I just wanted to get in a gratuitous Red Hot Chili Peppers the, <laughs> the, For the for the DCEU. Let's talk about this for one second. This is an entertaining movie. This is a good movie for, as far as the DCEU is concerned. It's, oh, as far as they're concerned. The thing is, in a vacuum, yep. it's maybe a half step above good bad movie to almost good movie or to fun flawed movie mm-hmm. um because i don't think 90s it's summer a, blockbuster with new age polish with 2008 polish <laughs> 2008 wayne newton <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um yeah well i had a note on this as i said whether it's right or wrong what dc has decided is they're owning that they're just going to do comic book movies. Mm. Wonder Woman is the only one that's broken out of that a little bit. Um, And you can argue that this one isn't just strictly that. If you want to place it, it is like a high fantasy movie. Um, But that is also just that character. A lot of that aspect of that. Not that I know a ton about Aquaman, but just thinking about... This civilization, Atlantean civilization under the sea, it's it's high fantasy type stuff. Yeah. Um, splash with sci-fi in like a Luc Besson-esque way. Um, but it's... You don't even know when you do it. What? Splashed with? <laughs> I know, I told you! I said, you think I do this all the time on purpose? It's somewhere in the 75, like, 25, 50, like, 50 yeah, range. Like... I don't realize I'm doing it a lot of times. 
I have a poetic mind, I guess. <laughs> Sounds an ass. <laughs> <laughs> I really, that's why like, I'm looking at you and I don't know what's going on. Why, why are you shaking your head at me? Yeah, I was <laughs> like, what did I do now? <laughs> I thought you were mad because the chair squeaked when I turned. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. <laughs> and you completely broke... Uh, what, yeah, okay, uh, yeah. Like, they're owning that they're just doing comic books. Because yeah. that's the thing we've talked about, what keeps Marvel fresh, is that... They've largely kept that just to the Avengers-specific movies, um, with a touch of that being the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, but that's really more sci-fi, fantasy, space opera-type stuff, um, which, in even though it exists in an overlapping... Guardians so much. Even though it exists in an overlapping field, they're not exactly the same thing, and yeah. this, in kind of the same way, is that is that same sort of thing. Um but it really is a comic book movie through and through. Maybe a bit of Indiana Jones. Yeah. But that's about it. A little National Treasure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if they're going to do this, and they're going to own it, like, hey, we're going to be the cheesy, comic booky one, that's fine. Yeah. As long as you own it. Yeah, you got to keep it. You got you to stick to that. Yes. That's okay. You yeah. can exist in that, and you'll get us off the ledge if yeah. that's what you're going to, if you're going to stick to that bit, like, that's fine. Yeah, like this. I still think it's a, a, a situation of diminishing returns, but they're only going to release a movie every year or so. It's okay. Yeah. As opposed to Marvel, that's like, no, we're releasing two or three or four a year. Right. You know what I mean? They have to vary it. The and they do it well. That's why, because the thing is, the margin of error is so small. Yeah. If you fuck it up, it's just a big, ridiculous thing. Which this flirts with that, but they they toe the line. It's unfortunate that it took them this long to get there, because... Well, the problem is, they, they, they sunk so much into one guy's vision, and they didn't read the tea leaves right. Yeah. Well, you know what's crazy to me, though? Because is the that two they, movies they, in this movie series that, that aren't directed by him are the good ones. Yeah. Well, with this one in particular, you know, we joked about this early on, that there has no right being as good as it is. The other thing for is... A couple of, for a couple of reasons. One, it's in it's in this DCEU. So we already went in with low expectations. Two, it's Aquaman, who has been the butt of all jokes for the past 20 years. Well, so his armor, his final Aquaman armor, was like the new version of what his old, cheesy, bad-looking armor in the comics is. It's pretty dope. It looked great, it looked... except for the ridiculous gauntlets. The gauntlets were a bit much. <laughs> but that's also the thing that's most clearly the callback to his old thing. The gold scales, though? Badass. That was awesome. I appreciated that. Yes. Oh my god. But the other thing is, in addition to the directors, is Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, uh, and Jason Momoa are very well cast in their roles, mm. and Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill are not. I. S- I know you like. Ben I Affleck. still like Ben Affleck Batman. I I agree that Army Hammer would have been a better choice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the. Yeah, and Jason Momoa, the thing is that he's very well cast in his role because nobody, nobody really knows what to expect with an Aquaman. Well, to a certain extent, he's Thor. And yeah. he plays it similar to the way that Hemsworth has been playing it recently. Mm-hmm. Um, both those comedic guys arrogance. have just the right <laughs> bit of comedic. They have enough arrogance, but they're still charming. They're good-looking guys. Yeah. They're, like, they're jacked. It fits those characters whose physicality... Especially godlike physicality is what what is a hallmark of that character. And that it's, I'm glad you brought him specifically up. That was like one of my one of my final ish notes was I thought him and Amber Heard they were they are what makes the movie work. It was a little choppy at first, but they definitely 
They get, get in into a good groove as the movie goes on. And I, they're they're while it's uh, it's awkward and weird at first. They the chemistry like they get in lockdown, the and I and you kind of you kind of you're okay with the romance story that's happening over time, and it, it is kind of it and is it was done just subtly enough that when it gets to the point of the gratuitous, and here's the time where they finally kiss part. It feels earned enough, mm-hmm. despite the fact that they don't do a lot of over the top. Will they? Won't they? Earlier on, yeah. The they were surprisingly subtle with that stuff during the course yeah. of the movie, but gave you enough to realize eventually that yeah, we're pay off. Like, like at any point during the movie, the only reason I didn't say there was a kid behind us, but that there was a point when the movie, they go, fuck. I, I wanted to, say, <laughs> I was gonna turn to you and be like, they go, fuck. <laughs> but I also was actually gonna do that about five minutes in, in reference to his dad. Remember, there's a kid <laughs> sitting exactly two and a half. Like, right, yeah, and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself to do it, which you know, you know, that's a good thing. But man, where that joke have landed? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> you probably, you might have, you would have lost it. I would have had to walk out for a minute. You would have also. Moments later, you would have left again. Like yes. that would have been a for you. I, I just I know how you work. That would have been another. That would have been a reoccurring, reoccurring one in your head. They gonna flow. Um, no, they, they, it worked out really well. The uh, the super cheesy lines that they put in the trailers, though, like some of those were just so dumb that it, that's what also had me worried. Like what? <coughs> Redheads. <laughs> that that stupid one. Um, the permission to come aboard one. Is no, that's so a good cheesy though. Cringy. That's a good cheesy. You know what? It's James Bond cheesy, but it's too much with the over the shoulder. Let me flex all the muscles that I have. Okay, maybe if it was not that, but yeah, if, he, <laughs> if he just dropped straight in and he was staring directly and at him and said it, dropped the line and did one of these, yes. threw his hands up and said it. I that would have been funny to me. But Actually, even, the even shoulder, better. Like, <laughs> even better, although impossible, because at that point, oh no, he pulled it up. The, actually, even better would have been if he'd knocked on it <laughs> and opened it, and then looking up through the porthole, and he said it, and then dropped in. Yes, that's the way you. That's that. that. I, I, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Actually, I'm glad they they fixed that scene for me because in the trailer I was like, this doesn't make any sense. There's two things about that scene that bothered me in the trailer. It's a submarine. One was that the door went in, <laughs> and two was that it's a submarine. I just assumed it was underwater. Understandable. Bad on my part. They 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 made the point of bringing it up before he. Although it still shouldn't go in. No, but I. <laughs> well, that's our first glimpse of the, the strength, I guess. Sure, but well, the thing is, it was fully normally intact. That's weird. Yeah, it would have had to buckle to get it. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Those things are yeah. specifically designed to do everything except that one thing. Right. Happened. They only go out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That. It's too much. Some of, some of that stuff was too much, but all in all, it was fun and it was goofy, and I I, pre- I appreciated the goofiness of it. There was, it's funny because like there are per- certain parts where it gets a little bit serious with the storyline, like they not not like super serious, but fantasy serious, like the him being the only person that can grab the trident or him being able to communicate with the fishies. Like that's it was interesting because it, that would have held more weight because we were like we don't know what the rules are. And then that, for some reason, was strange to Amber Heard's character, where I was like, oh, I guess you can't do that. Like, why would I know that you can't do that? I just assumed this was an under-the-water type thing. Yeah. You guys can do this. Like, like they they kind of, they played a little light and loose with, like, that that, that, that feature was special. That was one of the things that they probably should have, like, the fact one could talk to fish, where she had her specific mastery of the water and right. stuff like that. It was one of those things that's kind of like... Um, you see in some fantasy stories where certain people have certain specific 
special gifts. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, sometimes they travel through bloodlines and stuff like that. Um, and obviously his is a thing that he got from, you know, that was in Atlantic. Yeah. Atlantis, you know, or King Atlantis, I guess his name. Which we don't like. find out until he's speaking to the giant sea monster. Yes. Which I thought was like, that was an interesting reveal, but it would have been better if we to... had, if we understood from the get-go that even other under-the-sea people can't do this. You know who voiced that monster, right? No. That was Dame Julie Andrews. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> That's... How did they... How? <laughs> how did they get that? Uh, I think she wanted to do it for her grandkids. Good for her. I yeah. appreciate that. Oh, wow, that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's good. Willem Dafoe, I mean, you said, like you said, he. if you told me he's in a movie, I'd be like, all right. Also, John Rhys-Davies is the Brian King. The crab people. Who's that? The crab people. No, the name. John Rhys-Davies? Yeah, who's that? Are you serious? I don't You know me with Gimli? names. Oh, <laughs> Sala? Great. <laughs> that's great. That was that. Those crab people were kind of were were pretty funny looking. I liked that. Uh, actually, you know what? That sequence felt a little like while they were writing it, they were trying to decide who gets to be like the big screen time stuff, and Dolph Lundgren ends up winning uh, <laughs> because the the fish people and the crab people didn't get as like they talked about them a bunch, but we never see them until like each of them gets a couple of minutes. Yeah, and it's like. In a different world, in the storyboard size, like part of this, like it could have been them who was the first alliance, right? And it's Dolph Lundgren who's just a cameo. Yeah. At the end, you know what I mean? Like, no, that is funny. That's that's exactly it could have went anyway. But I guess uh, Dolph Lundgren might maybe he had a little bit more clout at the moment with uh, Creed two coming out and all. Sure. And also, am I misremembering this? But did Dolph Lundgren play? A version of Aquaman when he was a younger man? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> what? Or am I doing God, something there? I am hope am, that's am I giving him a false Luferigno backstory? Let's find out. I'm... <laughs> well, while you're looking that up, um, also within the uh, this whole idea of cameos and stuff, Randall Park as the, the loony scientist who's the only one who believes that Atlanteans are real, I found that as an entertaining thing, um, and I guess it had a, a decent um, payoff to that at the end, where in the post-credit scene, mid-credit scene, um, we have a setup that if there is ever an Aquaman 2, um, him and Black Manta, it seems like, will be um, working together. Yeah. What, what did your research... I don't see to? anything that says that. Okay, I know he played a version of the Punisher. I wonder yes. if he was that as well for some reason. He, was definitely, he was definitely the Punisher. I believe that was 89... Was it a movie or was it a it TV was a movie? movie? I have it on VHS. Was, I was actually, it a TV movie? Uh, eight nineteen. Wow, and I got the year right. Good for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think it was a TV movie. Was it called The Punisher? Or was it yeah, called something else? The Punisher. Because prior to the Tom Jane one, I never knew that there was. It's uh, he fights the yakuza. Hmm. In this movie, I actually, I this is one of those movies that I saw on and I recorded it on a VHS tape. So it's a TV movie. And then I decorated... No, it was like on a movie channel. And then I decorated the box. It was... I mean, it was years later. Mm-hmm. I didn't record it when I was one. I, record, <laughs> I recorded it Listen, when I was Listen, they re-release like these things sometimes. Uh, uh, they, they re-air these things, rather. It says 5th of October, 1989, West Germany. I don't... It doesn't say anything about being a TV movie. Um, I'm trying to see if I can figure this out. This might be a, an off-air finish to this discussion. Yeah, that's that's fine. Uh, no, now now I'm interested. 
nine million dollar estimated budget. Okay, so it's probably not a TV movie. Uh, eighty nine minutes, seventy six minutes heavily cut. <laughs> this is nineteen ninety, nineteen ninety five. So I guess five years later they heavily cut the movie. A oh, in order to like play it like actually on TV. Uh, maybe this is weird. There's some weird. We're we're oh, in a there's a theatrical now. release poster. Uh huh. Um, action crime drama thriller. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren and Luz Casa Jr. That that was a weird movie. I think that might have been the first movie that I saw him in. That's a pretty random. It was shot in Sydney, Australia. That's a random ass thing. Dolph Lundgren and Lou Gossett Jr. Uh, Trivia: A sequel was briefly announced. I'm not going to go any further. Just in general, the fact that a sequel was briefly announced for that movie makes me believe it was released in Germany a year and a half before it came out in the U.S. Yeah. With a with a, a an actual different name, it's like I imagine it translates to the Punisher. But anyway, um, w- the only final note that I had was going back to all the CGI stuff and visually, um, the scene where they jump off the boat and the trench people were chasing them. Mm-hmm. That was cool as shit. Yeah, that was that was pretty ridiculous. The um, the number of people on like the number of characters on screen was incredible. That yeah, that that kind of blew me. And away. just that whole the. The stormy sea background as it starts to fade away as it's the red light and them diving around and the, the screen pulls out. It would make for a good wallpaper. Yes. You know what it reminded me watching it um, was actually, because I know that the scene resonated with you, was the scene from the Godzilla movie mm. with the red smoke. Yeah, when they're like diving like in. Yes. Yeah, for sure. No, that was, that was pretty cool. Man. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Any other notes? Nope. I think that's it for me. That's it for me, too, then. That's it for this week's episode of Flicks and the Six. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. And I'm Al Bielsen. Cheers.